We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Today's show is brought to you by Magic Mind, the world's first productivity shot. Visit magicmind.co slash WATP and use the promo code WATP for 20% off your order. Swing and a miss. And who are we to say that we're above average? Episode 48. Are you a boner guy? Oh, I was a boner guy. You know what? I miss penis. What are you talking about? What a dick. I'm the one who should apologize. By the way, for those people that are in the back... Remember to shut the fuck up. Cuz. Cuzaroo. Cuzaroo. Slapperoonie. It's showtime. W. Welcome to another episode of Who Are This Podcast, the only show that owes you an apology for half the shows in the Dabbleverse. I'm your host, Carl. With me today, a man who doesn't owe you an apology, but you'll get one anyway. From the All Apologies Podcast, it's Trucker Andy. Let's talk shit. Please go to whoarethese.com to get our email address, voicemail number, link to the subreddit, link to our Discord server, link to our merchandise, link to our YouTube channel, and link to Patreon Supercast featuring two exclusive bonus episodes every single month. And you can watch the show live while it's happening or anytime after the fact on YouTube, we leave these videos up and they are unlisted, but you get the link. You get the exclusive link when you're a member. Patreon, Supercast, or YouTube. Isn't that exciting? Also, I'm doing a crossover with the Dick Show. We haven't done one since June. It's been a while. So I'm excited about that. We're doing that tonight. If you're watching this live and you want to sign up, well, if you're watching this live, then you're probably already signed up, but. If there's some loophole, your buddy sent you a link or something, and you want to watch oh, at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't do that, by the way. I don't want to plant that seed. Not cool. Is this going to be uh, feature Tori Dunlap? Well, of course it will. Yes. Financial Feminist. We'll be checking out her book. Uh, we'll be checking out Patrick Michaels' new book? YouTube oh. channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't even read a book. I don't write one. We'll be checking out his uh, new YouTube channel, which I was excited to say. Dick reached out to me. And he goes, holy shit. Patrick Michael's got a new YouTube channel. So he was already discovered that on his own. So he's excited about that. That's uh, tonight at 9 p.m. If you can't watch it live, listen to it whenever you want to. I'll put it out tomorrow on our Patreon and Supercast. Please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you review podcasts. And then shit all over us in the comment section. I see our review girl is already here to watch the show. She'll be up later to read those new reviews. No but review first, girl ever just watched the show. You got to give it up to her. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's nice. You, you get the link. You can hang out uh, backstage. Yeah. Just like Ray DeVito. Just hang out <laughs> back fucking stage. Yeah. Enjoy my pizza, Annie. <laughs> Have a beer. Help yourself. I don't want it. <laughs> Cardiff doesn't need to sit down. Today, we'll be reviewing a show called Choice Words with Samantha B. This was a suggestion from me. Sorry. We have both listened separately. We have not discussed it with each other beforehand. Let's get into it. The show hosted by Samantha B. Now, Samantha B was a correspondent on The Daily Show back when The Daily Show was good. Although, 
it was uh, getting to the point where it wasn't as good. It was good. good, and she was there, too. Yeah, and then uh, she had a show on TBS called Full Frontal with Samantha B. I I assume that's no longer a thing because it's terrible. It's gone. Good. Thankfully. Okay. I think Samantha B. is anti-funny. I don't understand why she's a comedian. I don't get her jokes. I think she's amateur hour, and I want to play for you. This is an episode she did with Judd Apatow. And this is her opening monologue. This is amateur writing. If I were to tell you, this is just some Looney Tunes, a double delirium or whatever show (laughs) that we found online somewhere, you would believe it. But this is a celebrity who lives in Hollywood who makes a living from entertainment somehow. Hi, I'm Samantha B. And in a previous life, I was a teenage criminal. I mean, technically, it was this lifetime, but I'm just trying to make sure the authorities don't come after me. What? kind of extradition policy does Canada have with the U.S.? Am I joking? I don't know. But it is uh, true. As a teenager, I was guilty of a few things that I'm now quite ashamed about. There were the Anne Murray haircuts. Those were bad. The double popped collar polo shirts, worse. And also the car theft. Okay. I suppose you could say that that probably was the worst. There have been no laughs! What do you mean? None! The comedy rule three is minus the comedy. <laughs> yeah. She, she left that part out. It's but, not good. This It just occurred to me now that this reminds me of, I always hated the character Peggy Hill. Yes. King of the Hill. Yep. And whenever she would start talking about her musings that she used to write for the paper, that's what this is. Like, it's obviously all written out. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I'm going to be clever and read this on my show. And oh, yeah. That's why I said monologue. At all. That's yeah. why I said monologue, because she's treating this just like she treated her TV show mm-hmm. where she's coming up. But I don't think she has writers for this. I think she's writing this. Yeah. Which her TV show. Maybe she wrote that, too, because it was just as bad. So she's talking about the fact that she dated this guy when she was growing up in Toronto who used to steal cars. You didn't listen to this episode, did you? Yeah, I listened to this part. You did. Okay. Not the rest. Okay. So she's growing up and her boyfriend's stealing cars and they're selling it for parts. And so they're able to throw these parties in hotel rooms. She's like 15, 16 years old. And she explains, this is very performative. You can tell she's acting. And just like you said, there's a script. She's acting it out. It's obvious. Like I would literally rent rooms under fake fancy names like Mrs. (laughs) Rosewell. Did I mention I had braces and one side of my hair was shorter than the other side of my hair? Anyways, fancy names like Mrs. Rosewell. What does that even mean? It's as funny as having two different length. Oh, God. Hilarious. Wow. I dabbled in the latest episode and I swear that if I didn't know it was Samantha B. I would have sworn it was uh, Sarah Silverman. That chirpy smug delivery. Yes. And the overacting like you mentioned. Why is she cracking up at that? <laughs> I was using these fancy names. <laughs> That's what people do when something isn't funny. And then I'm going to play one more clip, and then I'll let it Andy take over for a moment. But because you brought that up, producer Chris, I hate her voice. Yes, <laughs> I know. I fucking can't stand her little kid-ish vocal fry-y voice. This is her starting out the Judd Apatow interview. Can I just start asking you questions now? We just like jump right into it. We jump right in. Are you in Los Angeles right now? I am at my office. I'm striking right now in my office. Sweet. I'm alone. None of this, 
will be written down. This is how an amateur would start their show, an interview with Judd Apatow. Can I just start asking you questions yeah. now? Huh? <laughs> and then we'll go out for sure, Sketty and meatballs. <laughs> I'm going to start asking you questions now, okay? Andy, what did you pick this up This is on? where she's like, kind of sort of started to find a stride or a format. I went all the way back to the beginning. Nice. I like to see how these things get started. Sure. And where they get started. Never do that with WATP, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Just do it with other people's shows. <laughs> where I don't want to hear about when we have to apologize. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So in my clip one, Samantha is making big sacrifices to make this show happen for us. Oh, good. Here I am talking to you in my basement, physically cold, and I'm tangled up in cables because... I made the choice to prioritize literally anything but my own comfort for our first official recording. Why? Because great art can only be made in a state of mild distress. I mean, even depressed losers put on socks in a bathrobe. If you're yeah. cold, that's kind of on you, Samantha. Also, if you're wrapped up in cords, take another five minutes, figure that out, and then hit record. Yeah. This is Get, not a live show. Zip tie your shit and put on a sweater. Yeah. Right. So annoying because it's it's just it's so fake, and that's one of the things I think a lot of these performers we've we've talked about this a lot, and it's one of the things one of the reasons why Drew Lane really enjoyed our show when he first listened to it is these celebrities get involved in podcasting, and because they're in the entertainment world, they think they understand how it works. And radio podcasting, whatever it is, it has to be real. Yeah, when it's fake, it's just like what? It doesn't translate. Dangled up in court, like whatever. We we talking about? They also think minutia is funny. Right. Because it's coming from them. Right. I, I was on TV. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So my I'm qu- in my basement. It's cold. I was on TV. <laughs> Why, Why do you mention cold? that? Because in clip two, Samantha was on TV for 20 years, and that's a long time. But her identity is more than just all about people saying, pay attention to me. My TV show ended. I will say that at that point, I'd been on TV for 20 years straight. So the question I was asking myself was... Well, who am I if I'm not on TV? Like, I mean, I thought I would be fine, but a lot of people around me kept saying that it would be really hard, but I was pretty sure I had a healthy sense of self and that my ego isn't wrapped up in having airtime. Well, why even do this then? How many shows are just like this? A lot. How many people really need this? Nobody. Nobody needs to listen to this. No. And I should point out the whole premise of this show called Choice Words it's about choices. So she has to shoehorn in questions to all of her guests about choices that they made and figure out, why did you make the choice that you made? Could As you, if that's interesting in any single way. Yeah, could you paint with a, a broader brush? Yeah. yeah. Why did you choose to be on my podcast? Yeah, well, right. Oh, uh, you asked me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I checked out Eric Andre because I like Eric Andre. He's a very funny guy. And I'm like, how is Samantha B going to ruin this? <laughs> that was literally how I'm going in. I'm like, yeah. putting my notes down for myself. I'm like, how is she going to fuck up this interview? And I have a couple of examples of that. But listen to this question that she asks Eric Andre. What kind of a choice maker are you? Are you as impulsive as you would seem to be like on the Eric Andre show? Are you like intentional and actually you're like, no, I ruminate for weeks. Sammy, that's a stupid question. What kind of a choice maker are you? What kind of a choice maker are you, Andy? Well, I choose to walk out on this interview. Yeah, yeah. I made a really bad choice when I said yes to this. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad choice. I'm trying to be funny. Uh, do you want to make that choice? Because this sucks. Oh, my God. So 
I'm all excited. Eric Andre is the guest of the show. He was great on Howard Stern. I enjoyed his show. I enjoy him in movies. His stand-up's good. All right, this is going to be great. We got Eric Andre. They're going to introduce him. Like, okay, what are we going to be talking about today? Last year, Eric filed a lawsuit against the Clayton County Police Department in Georgia after being racially profiled and stopped while boarding a flight at the Atlanta airport. Of course, it's fucking SJW bullshit. She has to find the worst angle to talk to Eric Andre about. So tell me about being black in America. Like, uh, but he's okay. How's he getting racially profiled in Atlanta? <laughs> black there. That's a good point. What the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> That's a really good point. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Also, I hate the woe is me. I'm a black man in America when you're a multimillionaire and you're super famous. Yeah. You know, I, oh my gosh, it must be really tough to be Will Smith. I know. God, God forbid that would happen to me someday. Can't even imagine what that's like. So the pre-show is so pointless. Samantha B does this thing that a lot of podcasters do. Joe Rogan used to do it. He got away from it, thankfully, where you go, all right, you're about to hear this show that I did. I interviewed this guy and we talk about this thing and then we talk about that thing. Um, It's like, just fucking get to it. Yeah. You don't have to tell me what's going to happen. I read the description. I know what's going to happen. Right. Just let it happen. I am a massive fan of Eric's. I loved talking to him about his work and how he makes his career decisions. So take a listen and make good choices. Ugh. Gross. And make good choices. I'm going to make you a better person. Listen to my show. Make good choices. I mean, as if we're not going to hear her voice enough. I know. She has to do that. Shut the fuck (laughs) up. (laughs) So then she brings in Eric Andre. And again, what an awkward start to this show. It sounds so disingenuous. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to talk to you. Well, thank you. And you can tell Eric Andre's like, okay. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's actually a more pleasant voice. (laughs) Sounds like a Nick Kroll character. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to talk to you. Excited that somebody might make my show interesting for once. But don't. But she's putting all of this on. It's so fucking fake and annoying. Samantha B, you've been in television for 20 years. Act like it. (laughs) You've met celebrities. Her and Eric Andre have talked many times. They've been at different functions together. They know each other. Don't. Oh, my God. Eric Andre. He just had Judd Apatow on. Fucking yeah. act like you've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Sick. All right, Andy. All right. T- tell me what's good about this show. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Set up my guess for failure. Oh. <laughs> what did you like about this? <laughs> Why are you a good choice maker? <laughs> yeah. All right. In clip three, Samantha got a chance to be in a Broadway production, and this is the opportunity of a lifetime for most people. Yep. And it, it definitely was prestigious. It really was the kind of opportunity that comes to you once in a lifetime. Total dream job. But yet I realized that this was actually the wrong choice for me because it wasn't sitting easily in my psyche. I kept waking up in the night and worrying about it like a little, you know, just like a little pebble in my shoe. And I think that that is because my initial yes, if I'm being perfectly honest, was driven by ego rather than a real desire to do the actual hard job of actually being on a stage. What was the play? The cunt and I? <laughs> I see what you did there. Samantha B as Willie Loman <laughs> in the de- death of my career. <laughs> 
But a lot, a lot of actors say that being in the theater is like the hardest version of the of job. Of course. But she's, she's like, oh, they were just begging me to be in this play. They just like fell in my lap. And I said, no, thanks. I'm going to go podcast in my basement. Also. Good choice. This is a bad choice for another reason, too. Adam Krona used to talk about this. When he did Dancing with the Stars, he did Celebrity Apprentice. He goes, I did those things not because I wanted to, but because they made me uncomfortable. And I actually didn't want to do them, which is the reason to do it. You have to put yourself in some discomfort if you want to grow as a person, grow your career. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to make this real for a fucking <laughs> yeah. second, but Jesus Christ. Well, right. It's the worst advice. She's like, I said yes, because it's a great opportunity. And I'm like, that's going to be hard. So now <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. It's going to be hard. Yeah. I don't want to attract a different type of audience to what I'm doing. God damn it. I'd she's making me annoying. Sit in my basement. <laughs> getting very angry with myself right now well prepare to get more angry because the guest on this show carl rosie o'donnell fuck you (laughs) fuck you all right most of my clips are just rosie now all right i mean we all can understand that samantha b is annoying and not funny no i got more examples but go ahead (laughs) rosie is not funny either rosie got in a fight with a famous costume designer during a stage production of course she Uh, did. clip four this is her describing that fucking did what an asshole she is and she well, just... <laughs> I had a fight with Eileen Fisher. She I made remember. me very mad. Remember opening <laughs> night, she was like saying, I said, I just want to thank you because your clothes are, don't shame people who are heavy because their sizes are one, two, and three and the mm-hmm. plus, not like double X, triple X, you know. Right. And she goes, well, actually, um, that's not our normal size. <laughs> I said, excuse me? She said, we, we don't we don't design for, for that size. We designed for a normal size, too. <laughs> Yeah. We had to sew two pool covers together. <laughs> yeah. It took seven men to make your costume, Rosie. <laughs> Rosie, you didn't know that? Some good men died. <laughs> Moment of silence, everybody, for, for Rosie's outfit, please. And then Rosie tries to make the claim that her mom was the star of the PTA and the concept of 20-year-old elementary school teachers wasn't a thing until the 60s, clip five. I don't have a five from you. No? You didn't send me a five. Oh, no, it's in the other file. I, I sent... <laughs> oh, there's another file! Dude, there's a bunch of attachments on that. This fucking guy is making my life very, very difficult. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there it is. Hey! <laughs> There's a bunch of attachments on there. Just be ready. Oh, shit. Then I'm going to be missing a lot of things. All right. Uh, and all the teachers would come out because they were young. It was the 60s. It was a new um, development in, in Long Island that were sprouting up in the 60s. And the school was new. And the teachers were in their 20s. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Well, thank God Rosie's mom invented school so I could get a C minus in English. The teachers were in their 20s. What the fuck does that mean? I know. People didn't live past their 20s back at Little House on the Prairie. All the teachers were in their 20s. What the fuck is she talking about? All right. That's when you get a stupid job. I'm so, I'm so mad at you right now. I had no idea this was going to turn into a Rosie O'Donnell episode. <laughs> I was already frustrated with all of this. And then he's like, did you know that Rosie was on the show? I'm like, no! I didn't know that! Oh, I'm going to play some Slayer songs after no! that. No! Not the guitar solo! Stop it before the guitar solo. That's all I ask of you. So she brings on Eric Andre. And she finds a unique way to make it all about her somehow. 
you would think, because she was just gushing over having Eric Andre on the show, that she would make it about him. Usually that's what you do when you have a guest on your show. Correct. Well, we've run into each other at various like television events, and I remember running up to you at some event, and I was like, "I'm, s- I love you so much," and you were like, "What? Are you, are you fucking kidding?" And I was like, "No, I'm serious." And you were like, "I don't believe you," and I was like, "No, but I am." <laughs> I don't know if I really said that. Did I really say that? I didn't yeah, say you that. really do. You were like, "That's not fucking true. You're a liar." And I was like, "No, but I really am, and I am because I've like loved you from your own show, which was like." Such a surreal, <laughs> such a trippy, crazy show. And like from the Howard Stern and then the Righteous Gemstones, we love you. This, this is, well, thank you. Remember when I told you how much I liked you? Remember when I met you and I was like, you're so awesome and you're so amazing? No, but can we just get on with it? Yes. He asked you to be a guest on your show. I get it. You, yeah. Enjoy my work. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't remember. Yeah, but. Yeah. Right. That wasn't that important to me. Yeah. So no. So what, but, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, when no, I met great. you, it meant nothing. Yeah. It was, it was all fucking fantastic. All right. I have to get into this Judd Apatow thing before we torture our listeners with more Rosie O'Donnell. Let me torture <laughs> people with some political talk right out of the gate. I don't know if you guys know this, but people in Hollywood tend to be left-leaning, mm-hmm. especially Judd Apatow and Samantha B And Rosie O'Donnell. And Rosie O'Donnell, for sure. Very left-leaning. And they're the worst type of people who follow politics because I hate people who, like, hate the other side. It's a weird thing. We're, we're all Americans, And everybody wants what's best. Everyone has different ideas of what the best thing to do is, but they want what's best for the most part to actively root against people and think that they're assholes is annoying to me. Should we talk briefly, like before we even get into anything else, should we just gently celebrate um, or really relish in the fact that Tucker Carlson is not gracing our television screens right now? It's weird that it happened, isn't it? It is. Like... Should we celebrate that Tucker Carlson, the guy we don't agree with politically, is no longer on television? Yeah, some guy lost his career. Isn't it funny? <laughs> That's gross. Fucking loser. I have to, this reminded me, I have a friend, Mark. You guys know Mark. Mm-hmm. He was dating this fucking loser. <laughs> and I was at a bar with them and she had a toast. She ordered shots and I don't know what was going on. And then she's like, Andrew Breitbart, Breitbart died today. I'm like, What? You're celebrating a guy you don't agree with politically dying young who has a family? What the the fuck? It's like demonic. What are you doing? Did you drink the shot? No. (laughs) I threw it in her face. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, bitch. You know me. I'm not a big shot guy. I don't give a shit about shots. I'll I'll drink plenty without doing shots (laughs) in between drinks. That's for damn sure. We know. All right. So anyway, I just I found that to be super fucking annoying. Like, hey, let's first celebrate the Tucker Carlson. So they got to get into a whole political thing. And this is odd because they're in Hollywood. So to them, conservatives are this weird thing they don't come in contact with. And then when they do, they're like, did you see that? I think that person voted for Trump. Holy shit, what's going on over here? Which ones have you met? I met Tucker once. Did you ever meet him? I never met Tucker. I met mm. Ann Coulter once. Oh. She, did you hear that noise she made? I'm so mad that Judd stepped on it because it's so it's such a great little B noise she makes here. Oh. She, 
Sounds like a little old lady. Yeah. No, it sounds like he just said, I saw Bigfoot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ed Coulter. Oh. What was that like? Are you a Nazi now? Oh. <laughs> so then, this is insane. Samantha B apparently had Gwen Beck on her show at some point. And boy, does she regret that. Well, there was this one time when I, it was years and years and years ago. It was like early days of Full Frontal. And I interviewed Glenn Beck, which, of course, people have never let me forget. And, of course, I've never forgotten. I understand. Yes, yes. We all have regrets in life. She had a conversation with someone who a large percentage of the population enjoys and agrees with. At her show? Oh. Holy hell. God. What an asshole. I'm just clutching my pearls. So <laughs> imagine entertaining the ideas that of somebody that doesn't agree with you. Oh, what? my gosh. What a world. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, if you let Gwen back on your show, then millions of Americans will die. I mean, obviously, we all know that. So uh, what were you thinking, Samantha B? These people fucking suck. Hmm. I can't stand them. Let's get off of this, Andy. Okay. Let's let's cheer up with some Rosie O'Donnell clips. What do you got? Yeah, <laughs> no one's ever said that. <laughs> well, I didn't mean. Okay, it. get right. I think I think this might be the other one that's kind of lost in the shuffle on it, where you found that uh, last one. But Rosie had to make some uh, tough choices when she was raising her kids. In clip six, there's a dinner with Hillary Clinton, and and there's a charity I have to go to. I remember Parker was five, and he said, <clears> "Why are you going out again?" And I said, well, there are some kids that don't have enough money for medicine and mommy's going to go do a fundraiser and help take care of those kids. And he said, why don't you stay home and take care of us? (gasps) Sammy was five. Five. Five years old. See, looking directly down the barrel of your soul. So he says to Parker, I says, it's $200 a plate and they're serving surf and turf. And you know, mommy's going back for seconds and thirds. So I got to go, Parker. I got to take care of mommy. What a weird anecdote. She literally had a kid who ran away from home and never returned because she's such a shitty parent. Did you know that? No. One of her adopted kids ran away from her. Was it Parker? And kept Probably. running. <laughs> I don't Holy do a lot shit. of studying on Rosie O'Donnell, but I'm just, she's like, did I ever tell you about how I'm a shitty parent because I care about politics more than I do my family? No, but please, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, in clip seven, she just keeps adopting kids. Kids run away. Yep. She just adopts <laughs> yeah, more. Right. And uh, she, she makes this joke, and she always makes this joke. You know, I always make the joke, well, I turned 50, and mm-hmm. I could either have an, a, a facelift or adopt a baby, and I chose the <laughs> infant. You know, I took the infant. I guess the joke's on us, because we're the ones that got to look at her. The face, you hideous mess! The facelift wasn't going to do anything. Me. It wasn't going to do anything. It's like totaling your car and like banging out the dent. You know? yeah. I mean, it still doesn't start. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Are we gonna paint it? What are we put doing? rims on his nineteen seventy nine El Camino. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Uh, you, you, <laughs> I was gonna say a facelift on a pig. I was trying to figure out how that worked with lipstick. You get the point. Yeah. All right. So then they're talking about going back to Judd Apatow. They don't realize that the things that they're saying are also about them. They think that it's, this is only about like conservatives or people they don't like. I don't think people really understand the ways that money changes people's behavior. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah, not not us. Not Seth Rogen. Not my buddy Seth Rogen. Not, we're not changing because of money. It's just everyone else who's doing that. Like You guys are the poster children for your behavior changing when you get to Hollywood and you become fucking Hollywood liberals. 
and you just fucking nonstop yeah. tell everyone else how to live their lives. Right. The worst industry in the country. Right. Locking the door behind you once you make it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No one else is allowed Telling to do what we did. Yeah. Telling yeah. everybody they're doing it wrong. Oh, so I wouldn't make super bad again. Well, you should. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good movie. I can't believe you're raising your kids like that. Can't you afford three nannies? <laughs> Fuck you. I mean, I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, of course, Samantha be talking about how she was stealing cars when she was growing up, and so Judd has to tell his story, and so Judd is talking about how him and his friends used to break into cars to steal radar detectors. I think, like, all of our parents had just gotten divorced, and we were all miserable, and I think we wanted to oh, get yeah. caught. We just wanted to yell at our parents and go, see what you turned us into? Yeah. You ruined us! <laughs> You're negligent parenting! <laughs> I can do this on my own. I'm stealing <laughs> radar detectors because I am traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. What was the funny part? I know. I Thank you know. for telling me it was because I didn't. I wouldn't have known. Otherwise. I didn't think that was funny. at Also, she wasn't picking up what he was putting down. Not at all. He, he was like, yeah, I was acting out to get attention. I felt bad about this. She's just like, yeah, you're trying to say you could do this on your own. He's like, well, no, I was an asshole. I was stealing radar detectors out of cars so no that's not what i meant at all and she's like oh that's so funny okay i, I did it because i was spoiled and bored yeah i might have something that's so funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is bizarre for some reason john Emptow was talking about writing roseanne Barr's stand-up act with norm mcdonald i don't know if you knew this hmm. but roseanne hired norm and judd to help her write her her stand-up and this is what Samantha says. Oh, my God. Where did all of that unearned confidence come from? And can I have it? The balls on Samantha B to act like she doesn't have unearned confidence. Or, She's a she has nothing but unearned confidence. Who is she talking about? Judd? Yes. How, where do you get <laughs> off saying that he didn't earn the confidence? That's what I'm saying. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> He's the most prolific comedy movie writer of our generation and she's just like wow how'd you pull that off without that unearned confidence that you had it's meant to be you're the one who hasn't earned any of your confidence you're not funny yeah being able to talk while you're inhaling is not a talent <laughs> it's not a talent <laughs> and she's only mildly attractive that's the other thing yeah that pisses me that's off that's the other about her <laughs> and another thing you know what she looks like right producer Chris I, I do scale one to ten Oh, uh, don't do this again. Why? <laughs> You're so good at it. <laughs> you called me gay last time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, six. Jesus. So she's hot, hotter than Bobby Altoff? She has nicer hair. Okay. <laughs> you really hate her hair. <laughs> she's a fucking... Chris is a hair guy. I always forget that. <laughs> Duh. It's the first thing he looks at. Whoa, look she's at that. She's a five. If ever, she's NPC five across the board mm -hmm. with a, the voice of a three. Ugh. All right, new game. Forget about number systems. It's antiquated. How much would you pay for her OnlyFans if you know she shows her asshole? Whoa, okay. <laughs> All right, this makes sense, right? It's a fun game. Does she take checks? Like, what's the most, <laughs> I, would, what's the most I would pay? Yeah, what's the most you would pay? The least I would pay. No, I'm not talking about, like, negotiating. It's not like, <laughs> saying, oh, I'll give you two bucks. You know, it's not that. It's like three cases are cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's. Well, Substantial. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, people in the Discord chat, let us know how much money you would pay to see Samantha B's asshole on OnlyFans. I want to know. Andy, I'm getting silly. Let's go back to you. 
Yeah. Please take it away. Yeah. So in clip eight, Rosie uses a unique metric for how she delegates her time. Okay. You're just one person, no matter how successful you get in whatever industry. Right. You're just one person and you have one, you know, pizza pie and how you slice your time and what Mm -hmm. you give attention to. And you have to create, you know, slices that get smaller and smaller as we get older and older. (laughs) You know, it's like a birthday cake or a pizza pie. It's the Vinnie method. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a croissant. From 9 to 11, it's breakfast pizza. From noon to two, it's meat lovers deep dish. And then mushroom and banana pepper for the rest of the day. Of course. Of course she equates everything to food. I got one more in the rosy package. And uh, Samantha wants to bring up an interesting Instagram post that Rosie had. I saw an Instagram post where you were talking about seeing whales outside. Yes, can I tell your you, home. Sam? This, yeah. First of all, I'm just going to show you this. Oh, mm-hmm. Let's see if I could turn this around. Yeah. There is the water right there. Oh. Okay. So my backyard is the water. The water. So I sit here almost mm-hmm. all day. And, and when she, I drop her at school in the morning and mm-hmm. then I have a, to like two 30 or three and, and I'm sitting out here one day and all of a sudden I go, what the, this thing, mm-hmm. this whale came out like <laughs> vertically. Yeah. Like, Turns out it was just a mirror. <laughs> She was getting up to get a snack. And she was like, there she blows. I knew it was coming and I still enjoyed it. Very good. I still I still like that. Okay. Here's the question. Can Samantha B make Eric Andre both unfunny and awful? Oh, you betcha. Here's some New Yorker talk. I guess Eric just moved back to New York. He's been in LA for 15 years. He just moved back to New York. Okay. So you were in LA for a long time. You made a lot of huge, like monumental relationships there. You had a great career in LA. I feel like you seem like a New York person, though, to me. Like, hey, whoa, like a live. I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm gonna go see Mama Mia on Broadway <laughs> later and get some <laughs> fucking espresso. Ow. Get down to Sbarro and have some pizza slice. What? I've been to New York many times. No one's ever told me to go to Sbarro. Sounds like my parents improvising. Oh, Holy shit! It's so fucking bad. I don't know if. I don't like Eric Andre anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just that bad at Samantha B. But right after that, she says this, and this is an ISO that we're keeping on the board right here. That was so <laughs> fucking awful. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Do you have a lot more? I have a few more. Do you okay. want me to play through my clips before you yeah. present your video? Yes. <laughs> presentation? Very good. I just then, didn't sir. want you to move on. Nope. I got this. a few more. Very good. All right. So she's talking to Judd Apatow. And I guess both of these two, to have careers in in TV and and film, growing up, they watched a lot of TV. And this is just really captivating stuff right here. There was comedy on TV all the time, and I watched it too. It was just like constant, like I just was like everyday sketches. I watched sketches every day. SCTV, always Carol Burnett, always I Love Lucy, SNL on the weekends, stay up late, no one cared, watch it. I felt like illicit. Yeah. And uh, I remember, you know, I would watch MASH every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Odd Couple every day of the oh, week. Yeah. Every day. Honeymooners. Who <laughs> fucking cares? Uh, yeah. You know what's better than this? Halloween candy talk. And that's oh, coming up. Oh, fun size. <laughs> well, what's the size of fun? Am I right, people? I want the full. 
Jesus Christ. Fuck I mean, me. I hate when celebrities get in their own heads and they think that anything they say is interesting. Right, right. I watch MASH every day. Okay, Grandpa, yeah, neat. We all watch shit. Yeah, we all watch shit on TV. That's really fucking fascinating. You know what's good, though? Deadpool 2. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a callback to before we started the show, everyone, just in case you were wondering what's going on right now. So, I love when you explain callbacks to me. It wasn't on the show. It was before we started the <laughs> you show. You do it every time. Though. So a callback, everybody. It's like a tag. You know what a tag is. It's a tag. Because nobody heard it who's listening to the show, Andy. It's a radio thing. Oh, my God. This fucking fly. I'm going to murder everyone. Uh. That was also a callback, but it really is annoying me. So apparently writing comedy, because she talks to Judd about, do you ever like write horror movies or things outside of comedy? I find comedy always scares the shit out of me. I don't really need to right. to do a serious drama to be scared. Because every joke might not work. And isn't that scary enough? It is scary. Right? Not scary enough. Samantha B should be horrified. She yeah. should be horrified. <laughs> she be petrified. Yeah. Her teeth should be chattering right now. And she's trying to be funny on her show. She's not scared enough, if you ask me. So just one more thing I want to play for you. And I apologize because... That was so <laughs> fucking awful. I know. But she starts off the Eric Andre episode. And I guess each of these episodes, she has to do her little social justice warrior whatever monologue. So she's talking about civil asset forfeiture. And this is not a practice that I'm a fan of. But of course, get ready for why she has a problem with this. Unsurprisingly, this process is undeniably racist in practice, targets people of color at disproportionately high rates. It's simply legalized theft, which is stoppable. The only legalized theft that we can't stop is the youth that my children have stolen from me. Oh, my God. Oh God. She's not good at like weaving in her points with jokes because her points suck and her jokes suck. So and none of it really all works. That's legal now. Anyway, they have armed guards at Walmart to stop people from getting shot, but they don't stop people from just walking out with big screen TVs. Well, that's the, something they actively don't do. What they're talking about here is that the police are able to seize anything from you if they deem it to be part of a crime, whether they prove it or not. And she's saying that this happens to black people more often than it happens to white people. Now, I don't carry $1,200 of cash on me for that very reason. Yeah. It looks like you're up to something. <laughs> Seems like a bad idea. I've seen plenty of people just pick a whole shopping cart full of shit up at 7-Eleven and just walk out and look at the clerk and say, see ya. And I know we, we, we do go shopping together when people... we go to Detroit. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andy, what do you got for us, buddy? Okay. Well, I I can't see a celebrity and not go Google if they have an apology, because uh, I do all yes. apologies podcast of course. with Joe's six pack. It's on Apple and Spotify. Find it on Instagram. So I Googled Samantha B and lo and behold, she had back in like 2018, she was doing a segment on full frontal about how uh, the immigration problem was going. And at that time when Donald Trump was president and this, you know, people were, saying that they're putting Mexican kids in cages and they're splitting up families. Yeah. And Samantha B had a problem with that. So in clip 10, well, this one's called Samantha C. Samantha C word. This is uh, her 
having some because Ivanka Trump, not long after they showed a kid, a Mexican kid in a cage, Ivanka Trump goes on Instagram and has a nice little photo shoot with her son. So it's like, <laughs> Samantha B had a problem with that. What a setup. <laughs> Let me just say one mother to another. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. <laughs> he listens to you. Be using the C word there. She. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's apologizing for? Well, yeah, because then, you know, everybody's just like, oh, you know, she's attacking the first family. And Ivanka, it's not like Ivanka. Everyone did that. Right. The it's the also the biggest laugh she ever got. Yeah. Right. And you think Ivanka Trump is going to be able to convince Donald what to do with immigration policy? Every day is a Saturday to her. She doesn't even know <laughs> what the fuck is going on. But Sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> But in uh, the I work on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I do too. <laughs> but the uh, Samantha text apology that her bosses make her go bend the knee and kiss the ring. Gotcha. Okay. I would like to sincerely apologize to Ivanka Trump and to my viewers for using an expletive on my show to describe her last night. It was inappropriate and inexcusable. I crossed a line and I deeply regret it. No, she doesn't. I know. <laughs> What the fuck? I meant right. twat. They're making they're making me do this. But last one, uh, there Could was Could you another... imagine? So you know that there's a dress rehearsal, there's rewrites. Yeah, sure. They're going through this shit over and over again. It wasn't off the cuff. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, yeah, that joke that we ran through like four or five times and never we got a big pop from. We're all disappointed. That was you. really stupid of me. <laughs> I, I yeah. can't believe I did that. You did not realize how petty Ivanka and Donald Trump are, and they were going to actually call your boss and say that you need to apologize that's you yeah. know he was all over twitter i'm sure he had something to say he about doesn't it. wield any control over hollywood are you kidding me they don't give a fuck <laughs> donald trump what do you think he's gonna do who could he talk to they'd be like okay we'll issue an apology they're like everyone in hollywood's like fuck you donald oh well then why did she have to issue this because the company's trying to fucking uh well right right companies be yeah. because this is the thing that Hollywood doesn't realize that half the country hates them yeah. and actually votes for the other side. And so when you're TBS and you talk to middle America, yeah. they're just like, people are like fucking sending in emails yeah. and shit. Like, what the fuck is this? Rupert Murdoch's like, uh, I play golf with Donald. Please apologize. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. But in the last one, the uh, Samantha ruins America clip, this yeah. is more of a sarcastic apology, but you come to realize that it's kind of true. A few years ago, I appeared on a little show called Law & Order. You may know Vanessa Carvel. She's being blackmailed. And soon after it aired, the 20-season hit series was canceled. Last year, I gave a tasteful interview in Playboy. The next day, Playboy canceled nudity. Yesterday, I voted in an American election for the first time, and I broke America. I am so sorry. Yeah, thanks a lot. So she's from Toronto originally. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's Canadian. But, you know, in 2022, her last episode, she went on and had a big rant about Roe versus Wade being overturned. And yep. then she, she got canceled. And my voice is <laughs> You're fine, done. Buddy. You're fine. <laughs> All right, so we don't like Samantha B is what we're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. They overturned Roe versus Wade and they said, get your lady parts out of here. <laughs> your show is canceled. <laughs> I don't know who was watching that show. Neither do I. I would see the ads for it. I forgot what I was watching. Maybe it was baseball playoffs or something. I don't know why I'd be watching TBS. It's the only thing I can think of. And they'd always have these promos for Full Frontal. And similar with the, the Daily Show when Trevor Noah took over. 
and I'd be watching South Park or whatever. And they'd be like, hey, coming up on The Daily Show. And every single time there's an example of a joke, I'm like, this isn't even comedy. Yeah. How is this humor for anyone? Well, now they got this other, that other dick, uh, Hassan Minaj, that he used to be a correspondent on The Daily okay, Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they were like, okay, you're going to be the new host. And now it's come out that he's just like lying about all his wokester bullshit. Yeah. He's just making up how hard his life was. Yeah, the Blind, and, Blind Mike Project actually covered this very oh, thoroughly yeah, yeah. on and the recent like, episode. That never happened. All these bits that he had. He had this bit. I mean, whatever. It's stand-up comedy. You can make shit up. But he's literally lecturing the audience. He's not even trying for jokes. Yeah. And he's talking about how after 9-11, he, got a, he answered the phone, and they're like, we know where you live, and we're going to kill you right. because you're one of them, you Muslim piece of shit. And then someone smashed in the fucking windows of their car in the driveway. And he's, like, talking about all this crazy shit that happened to him. Yeah. And it's just like, none of that was true. Right. And it's not, <laughs> and it wasn't even for, like, the sake of a joke. No, it, it wasn't. Right. Exactly. Like it wasn't a punchline. It was just paint the country with a negative brush. Yes. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to replace Trevor Noah, you might as well. same shit it's the goddamn difference we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will I become Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now, yesterday I went on the Drew and Mike show, and I talked to them about Howard Stern. Because Howard Stern said he was woke last week. He declared, I'm woke. And he got a bunch of backlash from people. just like, do you know what that means? That's, I don't know if I'd be celebrating that. So Howard then got a tweet or a, a truth or whatever from Donald Trump calling him out calling him a weirdo and all this shit. So then Howard came out and he he was backtracking very quickly. I was playing all the clips on Drew and Mike yesterday. You can find it on our Patreon. It's actually up on YouTube. They put it out on their channel. And so Howard's just like, oh, who even knows what woke means? I mean, I don't know what it means. I like Medicaid. I don't know. Social security is a good thing. Like, those things aren't woke. What are you talking about? You know, I, I, I don't know. I think Biden won the election. So what? So I'm woke. Like, that's not what woke is either. You're just... Making He's shit up. Junior Sopranoing it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Precisely. Very, very good exa- analogy. That's what he should do. He should just pretend to be senile at this point. Yes. It's like I, I just don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I don't know what I'm saying. Right. So, so he tried to go on and uh, and defend himself on that. So we had a lot of fun with it. As I'm doing that show, I get a text from Vinny, and then uh, the next morning, I get a note from my my friend Mike. Both of them saying. Hey, Howard's talking about watching uh, trans porn right now. You might want to check that out. It's like, all right, I'll check that out. So this is the way it starts off. A caller calls in to talk about the fact that the Carolina Panthers have a trans woman cheerleader. Okay. So I Googled it, and sure enough, uh, the Carolina Panthers have a trans cheerleader. And I thought that that was pretty awesome considering, you know, what a uh, corporate entity uh, the NFL is and all this uh, Bud Light woke bullshit nonsense going around. I thought it was pretty progressive of the Carolina Panthers to put a, uh, a trans woman cheerleader on their squad. Listen, I'd want to see that. <laughs> I mean, I would too, but <laughs> I don't know if it's for the same reason. I just think that's 
All right. So that's his reaction to that. And so that leads us into this conversation. So apparently Howard was on Pornhub, as he's ought to do. He says that uh, his wife was on her period. She's also probably disgusted with him. And, you know, I didn't get into this yesterday with uh, with the show. I forgot to talk about it. But there was that big article that broke saying that uh, he's looking at a divorce because with uh, COVID coming back again, he's not letting Beth leave the house again or do anything. She's and having she's that. finally just fed up like, what the fuck? I can't live my life like this. I don't know if it's true or not, but inside sources say sounds plausible it sounds extremely plausible i was predicting this three years ago this yeah. is gonna happen i'm like what's the downside she still has hundreds of millions of dollars if she divorces this guy yeah. and she can live a life still hang out with her celebrity friends or whatever anyway not the point so howard's talking about how he had to walk off to the bathroom to uh, rub one out you see i have no problem with that no problem right. with that you know what i did the other day hey I saw trans porn. It was what? pretty intense, though. Uh-oh. Yeah. Pretty intense trans porn. So I think this is fun because as soon as he brought that up, Mike, well, watching porn is something you do on purpose. It doesn't happen to you. Yeah. Right? For the most part. It's I a accidentally that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't. I'm not just like clicking around like, whoa, what the? <laughs> <laughs> what the? What? So then you're scrolling and there's like a scary looking thumbnail in there. You're like, mm, keep going. So this is what happened to Howard. This happened to him. I went on and now when I go on YouPorn, they, I, I hit recommended videos. You know, why not? These guys are experts. <laughs> that already sounds like bullshit to me. Does anybody hit recommended videos? Oh, I'm not sure what I'm in the mood for today. Oh, let's just see what they think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's on special? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I could play my own playlist on Spotify, but let's see what's on FM radio right now. They, <laughs> they probably know better than I do what I want to listen to. Stupid. Let's They're, see what they, they recommend. They got AI, then AI knows yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, anyway, I don't know why it recommended. There must have been like 15 trans porn. And I was like, huh? I wonder if I could um, watch this, get aroused, or, you know, let me take a look. Yeah. He's oh, up for a challenge. Just uh. Wait, I'm just experimenting with my penis. Yeah, let's just let's see. see if it gets hard. I'm woke. Is my cock woke? Let's find out. <laughs> let's all find out together. Shall we? That'll be fun. All right. So now, and I've listened to Howard for many, many years, and he talks about watching porn all the time, and he loves to tell you the, he likes porn with a plot and a storyline, and he loves to describe it to you. Him watching porn must take hours, so I can figure, because <laughs> he does not fast forward to the good stuff. So this is him setting up the scenario of the trans porn that he was watching. She's wearing like yoga pants and, you know, tight yoga pants. And she's got titties, big titties, but thin, you know, but she didn't look too bad. You know, she looked pretty good. And uh, she's being exercised by the yoga instructor, who's a very masculine guy, big dude, you know, muscles and uh, um. Anyway. Have you ever seen yoga teachers? <laughs> well, this was, listen, this is porn. So the yoga teacher says, you're very tight. You need to stretch. So he bends the trans uh, yoga student over. And he's like putting his hands on her ass and in his, on the thighs, on the legs and stretching her like crazy. 
like crazy. I'm like, okay, I'll stay with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the way, if anyone wants to watch this, there will be a link in the show notes. <laughs> Check out this video for yourself. Can so, they see the big lump in the yoga pants? Well, that's coming up, Andy. Uh, spoiler. So I just think that's funny that Howard's just like, all right, this chick's hot. She's got nice tits. This guy's muscular. All right. They're getting into it. I'm into it. I'm watching for a minute. Yeah, until he almost forgot what he was talking about, like Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, distracted by the guy's big muscles. Now, I, um, Annie at Review Girl, I would ask her about this, but I know that she's not a big fan of talking about this kind of stuff. But this right here sounds a little transphobic to me. And I know that Howard's woke because he told me so. So I'm not sure if that's what he's going for. My pants were off, and I uh, maybe touched my taffy a little, and nothing happened. So, just shows you how straight I am. I'm just, I'm just, I want to make sure people know that. So, uh, so wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are, we don't. What are we talking about here? That means you're straight if you don't like a girl with a penis getting it on with her yoga instructor. I also don't take my pants off until something's happening. <laughs> Wow. He likes to plan a hat, apparently. <laughs> he thinks that woke means gay. Oh. Well, I just thought that was like a little bit weird. It sounded a little bit transphobic to me. He's like, so I was watching this trans porn. Just so you know, I hated it. Like, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what angle you're going for here, but all right. Fair enough. So then he starts describing uh, <laughs> what some people would call the good part. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> If you got to watch this, and then all of a sudden, through the um, yoga pants, the white yoga pants, I'm seeing this trans is uh, getting aroused. Like, you know, oh. I see a gigantic cock and balls in there all of a sudden out of nowhere. And the next thing you know, I guess on uh, porn now, because it's free porn, they cut right to the action. Next thing I know, the yoga teacher's <laughs> naked. And the trans. Do you, like, do you like how he's disappointed? He's just like, I want to get to know about their interpersonal relationship. Yeah. And maybe there'd be a little back and forth here. Yeah. Or something. I wanted to see the flow of the yoga. <laughs> yeah, right. Did you go from downward dog into tree or what? Where's the dialogue? You know, Robin? I'm trying to jerk it. They're not even. All right. Sorry. Back to the clip. The yoga teacher's naked, and the trans has a full-on erection and is sticking it in the yoga teacher's ass. So the girl's wow. fucking the guy in the ass, and then I was out. Wow. I checked out. I, ch- wow, I, I couldn't wow, handle wow. it. It's a lot After to handle. five minutes, and I finished. That's a lot to handle. I only prefer it live. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize that the uh, the trans woman would be fucking the guy in the ass. Cool. Plot twist. Yeah, for sure. And so that's where Howard had a tap out, unfortunately. So <laughs> he likes a, a standard story. Yeah, he was not able to come to completion. And more backstory with that. It is wild. It's really weird to see a very attractive woman sticking her dick in a guy's ass. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I wish you could see it. <laughs> no thanks. It's, and it's so depressing. There are things I don't want to see. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why I didn't want to see this. It was dep- this woman had a bigger cock than me. Okay. That old chestnut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know Howard's shtick. So then, Ronnie the limo driver calls into the show, and this is bizarre. I made it pretty far into the porn, though. I mean, I should be commended for that. Well, as a hey, scientist, Ron. you had to go deep. <laughs> you ever watch any of this uh, trans porn? Yeah, I've watched it with uh, my my mate. <laughs> oh, no we've kidding. Watched, we've watched it together because. I always joke with her after I drop dead that she should go with a trans, you know, 
because she'll have the best of both worlds. She's got a kind of like she's got a chick with tits and everything. And then uh, she wants some dick. She can get that, too. So, oh, so he's watching it with Stephanie as a goof. Yeah, yeah, no, I watch that stuff, too, because, uh, you know, we have this running joke between the two of us. What? That's not how porn works. Yeah, it turns out the ejaculation was not <laughs> ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weird. I really don't understand that angle at all. So, okay. Is that where comedy is going to? Porn and comedy? It's just going to be trans porn? I hope not. Watch. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, it's well, so well, hilarious. Hold on. Unless someone gets a pie in the face, then all right. Uh, that'd be fine. I'm in. <laughs> that'd be kind oh, of funny. Oh, that's the cream pie? That's the, that's the new cream pie category. It's hilarious. You're going to love it. All right. So Howard is an expert on trans people and their penises. Trans women, I should say. And their penises, as he's going to explain here. Most trans yeah, people I've spoken to, though, the the, the truth is... They can't stand their dicks, and even when they have sex and they still have their penis, they don't, like don't want you fucking around with their penis. They want to feel like women. So if you right. want to fuck, if you want to fuck that person in the ass, they're fine with it. Or you want a blowjob, you can get one, but they don't want a you. A lot like, of times, they don't even want you to see. Right. That's dick right. And balls. It seems to me like you're the expert, Mark. Okay. So according to Howard, he talks to a lot of trans women who are pre-op who don't enjoy getting their penises and balls involved in sex, which is odd to me because when he was talking about being woke the day before, I pulled this clip where he explains that he doesn't even see trans people. I don't feel like transgender is being shoved down my throat at all. I Honestly, I don't see any transgender people anywhere where I am. Then where are these conversations taking place then, Howard? That's that's weird. It sounds like you're contradicting yourself just a little bit. Well, he never leaves his house. Yeah, well, I know. I, I actually live in my house. So I believe I that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see any people. So, yeah, of course, that's probably the case. But uh, so I, I don't know. That whole that whole thing is fucking weird. <laughs> so that's the yeah. Howard Sturge, everyone. He's he back. He reminds me of uh, an always sunny Danny DeVito's like, I only got a few years left. I'm going to get weird with it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Well, it's funny you say that because we all read Mike Rice's book, showrunner for The Simpsons for all those years. And what he says in that book is people say, don't you agree The Simpsons has gotten worse over the years? It's not what it used to be. And he goes, with any sitcom that runs this long, you have two choices. You can either get boring or get weird, and we chose to get weird. So, all right. There's something. To, I mean, Howard is very boring, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he, he chose the, chose other the right path. He chose both. He yeah. chose poorly. He, cho- he definitely chose poorly. Okay. I want to bring on a fellow podcaster and streamer, someone who has been making the rounds lately from surviving the news. Phil Elmore is joining us. What's up, Phil? Hey. How's it going? Going all right. I'm getting over a slight cold, so I apologize if my dulcet tones are slightly less dulcet. All right. Put on your masks, everyone. We might get <laughs> we might get COVID right now. So Phil put out a, a couple of videos about Stuttering John, and I have to admit, I was captivated. I was watching it this past weekend, the first one, and you were breaking down all the things that are going on with Stuttering John. And I was agreeing with everything that you were saying. I thought you were spot on with your analysis. 
it appears that you're paying very close attention to what's going on. And you've been doing streaming for a long time on various subjects, obviously. And I think this was kind of your first foray into the Dabbleverse. Is that true? Well, I, it's your fault. Um, I discovered Uncle Rico through you. I don't remember how I found uh, Who Are These Podcasts, but I've been a fan for a while. Oh, cool. And you mentioned Rico a few times, and I'm like, I should check that out. So I, I listened, and I enjoyed it. And that sort of area of the – that segment of the universe of the constellation of podcasts that orbits Stuttering John is what has been giving me the most entertainment recently. So I do a couple of podcasts, and one of them is a news and commentary podcast that – until recently, nobody listened to, and now it's nobody plus like 50 people. And uh, it was just my way of forcing myself to do something fun because I spend all of my time in this office. I write for a living, uh, so I'm always here. So I'm like, you got to do something fun. This is sort of like work, but it's not work. So this is you having fun. And eventually, I got so annoyed at everything that was happening in the stuttering Johnoverse that I'm like, I have to talk about this. So I did like a special episode where I talked about that and then more stuff happened and I was even more annoyed. So I started talking about it more and then people started noticing and now I'm trapped. Like I can't stop doing stuttering John content because there's people who are now listening specifically for that, but it's still <laughs> Welcome interesting. Welcome to my to world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I, I know that the people who were listening before who just enjoyed me talking about like, Oh, that Obama, he was a stinker. Like, I, I know that they're probably wondering when the Stuttering John stuff will stop, but it's just interesting. It's a train wreck you can't turn away Well, from. you said this on your show, and I agree with this. You go, you know, I'm watching this for fun, and so I feel like I can talk about it, and you can. You know it very well, and you, you articulate it very well. And it's amazing when you get to watch stuff that you enjoy, and that's your job. I don't get that very often. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to watch it I hate, and that's my job. But it is a, a great thing when you go, I'm watching all these shows. I'm keeping up on this. I got some thoughts. I'm going to spew them out. And a lot of people have taken notice. Bob Levy, obviously, taking notice. What yeah. you know that he's well, watching. So I wanted to ask you, I have a few questions, but I wanted to ask you about my latest theory on Centering John, what your thoughts are about this. I, The last episode we did, and I recently put out a YouTube video where I have this, this new theory that what John is doing is he's purposely being stupid, even more so than he actually is. He's leaning into this stupidity and putting together all of these very clippable moments for everyone, knowing that everyone's clipping his show nonstop so that one day, not long from now down the road, he can say, I was trolling you guys all along. I'm not really this drunk and stupid. This is just a thing. No one is this dumb and jokes on all of you. What do you think? Do you think he's playing a long I, game here? I think you are giving him way too much credit. I don't think there's any human being who could pull off this Christian Bale twin brothers magic act <laughs> long con game. Like he's going to get to the end of his life. And when he's lying on his deathbed with his liver on life support, he's going to go just, just one more thing. It was all an act. This was the only way you must tell the people. Yeah. Just, I don't see any way it's possible. Yeah. Remember though, before he went away, there was a series of events that were so bizarre. Mm. He kept like, 
coming out with his shirt on backwards yeah. or inside out. Or he would he shave, shave half mustache. of his mustache. Yeah. What the fuck was that? Yeah. That well, was literally he, him trying to do that, but it was too obvious. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's him trying too hard. And yeah. I do think if anyone ever calls him on like the Mensa membership or the 160 IQ, his response will automatically be, well, if you took me seriously, you, you, you're a moron. Of course I was joking. It was all a bit. But that's only because he knows he eventually will get caught. Right. It's, it's similar to Chad Zumach, yeah. where he's like, well, I know I was lying, but I always tell the truth eventually. Yeah, but you wouldn't have. I, right. If you get away with it until you're busted. busted. Right. That's how it exactly, works. Yeah. I don't think Chad thinks that far ahead. I think he <laughs> no. thinks only in terms of the short term lie. Chad is the Jack Bauer of podcasting. Uh, if Jack Bauer had like a traumatic brain injury. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, Jack Bauer's pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay. The, the thing that made Jack Bauer so. Uh, uh, compelling as a character was he would do anything for a short-term goal even if the long-term consequences were like prison everybody dies your family's being kidnapped i don't care i have to take this whole uh convenience store hostage right now so the satellite can fly overhead right but jack you'll go to prison i'm not thinking about that right now so i don't think chad thinks that far ahead so john has this new thing this new angle he's taking and I think that Kevin Brennan planted the seed into his head and, and John's taking it and running with it where he's got this cyber bullying lawsuit or there's like a law around. I haven't really looked into it because I don't take it seriously. But what he's saying is because Shuli and myself and Bob are goofing on a guy who has a disability, there is a case. And he's trying to say that his stutter is a disability. What's your thoughts on that, Phil? Well, it, it fails on multiple levels. The first level is he's clearly not disabled, <laughs> right. or at least not in any way that we would conventionally de- conventionally define it. Uh, his stutter does not in any way interfere with him, and in fact, it's the thing that he's been billing himself for and building his career on all this time. So it fails on that, le- that level. The other level on which it fails is he's trying to redefine uh, hate crimes, essentially, so that John can say and do whatever he wants, right. but no one can ever challenge him or question him or criticize him. How convenient. Or by definition, violating some policy. And he'll report you to the entity known as the LGBTQ, just some amorphous entity. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. around in the ether somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, hello, LGBTQ? He said stuff. He said stuff. He's literally so, done that to Anthony Cumia and he tries yes, to do it to others. Yeah. The only arena the only venue where this would get any traction is if he's able to convince the notoriously unhelpful people at big tech you know youtube or whatever other platform patreon is another one if he's able to convince them then yes he can get these people deplatformed i've tried to say like on twitter and elsewhere if you open this door and he did it by saying gleefully that he couldn't wait to contact shuli's new sponsor as he's contacted other sponsors you open that door you guarantee that anything you do will be targeted. Yes. It'll go both ways. Yep. It's uh, the old saying, what comes around goes around. And I said this about Kevin Brennan when he was celebrating Shuli's network getting taken off of YouTube for two weeks. I'm like, I don't know why we're celebrating this. We're all on YouTube. This is not something that any of us should be celebrating when people yeah. get their channels struck or any of the stuff that's that's going on. Yeah, th- this platform is shifting sand. It's an entire right. business and income built on shifting sand at low tide, and they can take it anytime they want. So basically what you're saying, if I could uh, equate this to uh, a fun fact about me, I was born club-footed, as I've mentioned, and John brings up quite often. If I were to then win a marathon, I cannot talk about how, well, they're making fun of me because I'm disabled. John might have well, a stutter, 
But he was the announcer for the Tonight Show. He was signed on Atlantic Records with a, a record contract. It's like, well, obviously your stutter has not led to any problems in your professional career. Well, it, it goes a level beyond that. Because if I say, Carl, you suck and your teeth look funny. And you go, is this because of my club foot? It's just <laughs> illogical. <laughs> All right. That's, that's too far, Phil. You're out of here. Jesus, I didn't know he was going to make fun of my teeth. You're blocked. You're blocked. I love like we are no longer best friends. I love when Phil calls John a cry bully. He's the definition of a cry bully. Go ahead. Can you explain that a little bit? Funny. Well, I didn't coin that term. A cry bully is somebody who cries out as they strike you. He meets that definition to a T. He is antagonizing other people. He constantly threatens other people. He's always challenging everybody to fights because clearly if you and I disagree about anything, even whether or not you were funny or I am funny, the way we determine who is funny is by punching each other. Clearly that would solve this issue. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Makes nothing but sense. Right. So I think I actually can articulate what the real end game should be for stuttering John, because as you've pointed out many times, Phil, he hates being made fun of. He hates being the butt of the oh, joke. Yeah. It bothers him endlessly. The more he says he doesn't care, the more it proves he cares about it. This gets to him on every single level. This bothers him every single day. Well, he was streaming just today. And he said something like, you're not the one who's getting beat up every day. Mm. And I'm like, you're not being beaten up. You're being made fun of. There's yeah. a distinct difference. And you'd think he'd be used to it. But that's the thing. He likes to go back and forth between, I don't care. This doesn't bother me. I'm the goat. I'm the one that ever, I'm the reason why this all exists. I'm obviously the best to, I'm the victim and I'm getting beat up and I need the Disabilities Act and, and all this kind of stuff. So the real end game in my mind is he needs to come out, be totally honest about how badly he screwed up his life, admit that he needs help. And actually, if he came out and he goes, you know what? I've been, this false bravado is not working for me. I'm obviously hurting inside. I'm drinking away my life right now. It's not going well. He doesn't say he's drinking too much. I don't care what he says, but he can just say like he's, he's lost control. He's lost control of what's going on. He could be a sympathetic character that would disarm everyone immediately. You think he would get made fun of less? Yes, I would. I mean, if John came out, it was just like, guys, I, I fucked up in life. I've lost everything. Yeah. I had a great gig. I had a family. I've lost everything. I'm in this shitty apartment. I have to go turn a wall unit on for air conditioning. The things aren't going well. <laughs> I'd be like, well, what are we, we going to laugh at now? I don't know. But he can he can also just go away and not read the internet and pretend well, it's not happening. Interesting you say that because that option is now gone. He got fired from his job. His only way of making an income, because the political show no one gives a fuck about. He's terrible at politics. So his only scenario for him is to lean into the Dabbleverse and to play along with the Dabbleverse. Because he does get 300, 400 people watching his show. I'm sure, I didn't watch it today, but I'm sure there were people super chatting him and he was making money as he's doing his his regular thing. Like, that's his only option now. It's his easiest option. He he could split the difference. Yeah. As... Has already been suggested he could do IRL streaming and we could all watch the train wreck that is his life because his inability to cope with life is fascinating to watch. But for anyone to do that, they would have to be able to acknowledge that people are looking to laugh, not looking to adore him. And his need for adoration 
is what spurs a lot of this behavior. See what I'm saying? This guy, he's got it all figured out. <laughs> so I was watching this the other day. I'm like, all right, this guy is articulating this very, very well. And so John's got quite the conundrum on his hands. And it's got to be a very frustrating place to be right now for him. Because, yeah, one thing you could do is go back into like some type of job. Something, yeah. Right. Some some type of profession. Just suck it up. Be like, okay, this isn't working out. Get off the internet. Work a job, which he did for eight months. And people stopped talking about him. Mm-hmm. Dabblers Anonymous was not active. You know, people it, people started to go away. And then he came back to the internet. I, he came back. I predicted he'd come back much sooner because he needs the attention. He craves well, the attention. He wants to be famous so bad. He didn't just come back. He came back sitting on eight months of pent-up rage. Yes. I think that was even the title of a video that either you or Shuli <laughs> did about it. Yes. And it's because that whole time... He wasn't leaving the internet alone. He was watching and, I don't know, keeping a list of, oh, I'm going to get him for that, and I'm going to get back at him for that, and, oh, he don't get to say that about me. (laughs) All while he's grading papers. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, and that's a B, and that's a B. Have I told you about the dues payer? That is, is, it's so interesting right now, and I know that he's, like, overexposed at this point. And even I struggle with Suttering John segments because there's so much that happens by the time we edit the show and put it out the next day, five more things have happened in the Suttering John universe. And yeah, so don't put out a video on his best friend. You'd be <laughs> wrong. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to last very long. So even I struggle with like, what's the Suttering John segment? It's still fascinating. It's still very interesting. It's still unfolding in front of our eyes. He's overexposed. He's not only doing his show, he's sniping shows in the morning where he's not turning on his camera because he's probably doing it from bed. He is going on other people's shows for a couple hundred bucks and getting drunk. It's just like nonstop Suttering John content that you could easily pick apart. I think. Uncle Rico did five parts on that drug stream that we watched in Detroit in real time. Like, whoa, what is going on right now? So there's so much to talk about. And I actually had an idea here. And, you know, I'm going to bring in Cardiff, too. World's foremost potato. I don't know where Cardiff uh, is with all of this stuff. (laughs) What's up, buddy? Was he not paying attention? No, I was editing. (laughs) Oh, okay. You looked like you were watching the show very closely. You were just editing. This so once I saw you had Mean Doug on, I stopped watching. <laughs> I, I am such a huge fan of Cardiff. To be able to share a screen with him makes me very happy right now. He didn't say that about me, by the way, when I brought him on Cardiff. Just I was so thinking know. it. I told you that you're the reason I'm here. I know, I'm just kidding. I've been a big fan for a while. I appreciate that. That's very cool of you. And, Phil. and it turns out that uh, Phil and I live very close to each other, which is this weird center of the devil verse <laughs> actually exists. If any of the tendrils of the Devilverse extend to you, without your knowledge, you have just gravitated towards others, like, I don't know, molecules with free electrons just seeking each other out. That's what I was going to say. Stole my thunder again. (laughs) So the reason why I brought you on, Cardiff, and uh, Phil, as we're talking about this, here's an idea. And I'm going to throw it out there. There used to be the uh, Stern Fan Roundtable. Yes. What if we did a weekly Stut Joe roundtable discussion? And we maybe have bring different people in, but all the people who are paying attention to the Dabbleverse. So Phil, Cardiff, myself, you guys, we bring in Shuli, Levy, Mike Morris. I mean, there, I, there's so many different people. Uh, obviously, Tukey. Tukey's gonna, yeah, you're going to take Tukey's soup is what you're saying. Well, no, I'm, I'm not even talking about playing clips. It's a very different. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
You, you speak his name and he shows up. He's like the candy man. So, Tuki, I was just uh, talking about an idea to do like a uh, a weekly roundtable because there's so much going on with Stuttering John and you can try to look at all the subreddits and you can try to watch his stream from time to time, but there's so much going on. Wouldn't it be fun to bring in three, four, five people and do a weekly discussion about what's going on in the Dabbleverse, what's going on with Stuttering John and some kind of roundtable thing. And it's not, it's not playing clips. It's not doing this typical show. Like it's kind of like what we're doing now. It's a meditation on psychosis. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like the behind the scenes thing that the, the guys at the daily wire do where they get them all and sit them down in a room and they talk very intelligent thoughts. This would clearly be different than that. <laughs> yeah, no, there'd be no intelligent thoughts going on unless you're there, but yeah. But I'm thinking that that might have some legs to it. I think that would be the one thing that all of the Dabbleverse needs to tune into to find out the weekly roundtable. We take comments, we take suggestions from people, read the chat. And it'd be easier for five people to keep up with all his antics right. and everything. That... The Joey C. Shark puppet gets the final thought. <laughs> so are you are you pitching Stuttering John this week, brought to you by StutteringJohnLive.com? Get your tickets now. That's not what I was what? pitching. What I thought oh, was hey. we could replace Yo Remember the 90s on Friday nights <laughs> with the Stuttering John Oh, that's a good time slot. <laughs> it is a good time slot. Yeah. There's no competition. No, one, no one's watching anything at that, that time. Works. Well, Monday nights are available now. Subreddit Surfing's dead. Dude, oh. I heard you got demonetized today. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to bring it up. I didn't know if it was a secret or not, but that, that sucks. No, no secret. It does suck. We're appealing. Did they give you a reason? or? Uh, just very vague. That we broke, violated their policies on some bullshit. Mostly clips. It was the issue. It, it looked like, but yeah, it's a good yeah. thing I don't play clips. Jesus, no, I'd hate to get demonetized. Be careful, Carla. That would be bad. Um, all right, I do have something else I want to uh, get to. I want to talk about this whole controversy over buying views on the Shuli Network. This is the big news right now that's happening. Mm-hmm. I want to get into it. But uh, I do want to thank my friends at Magic Mind real quick. I have to do the Dick Show crossover later tonight. So I'm going to do a quick shot of uh, Magic Mind. They are a sponsor. We thank you for that. MagicMind.co slash WATP. Use the promo code WATP for 20% off. But um, the reason why I drink this is because it helps me function as a person. Yeah. You might have noticed I brought this to Detroit with me. That's what I was going to say. Carl had the exact amount of Magic Mind bottles for every single day. That we were in Detroit in the fridge. So yes. He leans into it I, that much. <laughs> yeah. I know this is an incredibly dark thought, but if that were to have just poisoned you, it would be the most baller thing that has ever happened on a podcast. <laughs> just just like I'm taking. <laughs> Everyone drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> no, I forgot it in Philadelphia. I mentioned that. I forgot to bring my magic mind. Because I always forget something. That's why it was such a shit show. <laughs> Philadelphia was great. I mean, it could have been better. If I had my magic mind, it would have been better. That's for sure. But I remembered it in Detroit, and it really does help uh, with my morning routine. It just gets my brain functioning better. It's got a little bit of caffeine, not a lot. You can still drink your coffee and everything like that with it. But um, I definitely recommend people check out Magic Mind if you have already. How much already. does it cost? People want to know, Carl. Do you well, know? you can get up to 50% off if you use the promo code WATP and sign up for a subscription on magicmind.co slash WATP. All right. With that, I want to talk about this specific thread. I don't bring this up very often. But there's a thread in our subreddit that I want to address here. Let me bring this up on the screen. It says... 
Can't wait to hear Carl's take on Rob accusing the Shuli Network of buying views. Just kidding. Carl's a pussy, and we know he won't discuss it. Mm-hmm. You call me a pussy! <laughs> <laughs> What's that, a McFly chicken? Yeah, I know. That's the best way to get me talking about something. So let me tell you what I know about this. I don't know everything there is to know. Phil knows some things. You guys might know some things. Apparently, Chris Abels and Rob Saul were working at Levy Land or working on Levy Land, mm-hmm. and they worked with some third-party account to get views. Rob Saul went on Miserable's Company this week with Kevin Brennan and came out and said that. And so now it's like this whole thing like, oh, the Shuli Network's buying views and it's all fake and they don't really have an audience. So yeah. have you been following this at all, Phil? Abel's directly refuted that. He said that he was working with a marketing firm of some kind to advertise the podcast, kind of like boosting a post on Facebook, that kind yes. of thing. Nobody bought any views. Everyone involved has said, no, we didn't buy views. And uh, Rob is apparently just saying, I think they bought views because I think so. Like, there's no actual evidence of this, but the accusation keeps getting repeated and repeated and repeated because the point of repeating the accusation is to smear them. It's to say that any success that uh, the Shuley Network is having must be coming in, in some nefarious manner because we don't like them and we don't understand how somebody could enjoy or a whole bunch of somebody's could enjoy somebody we don't like. It, wow. It's That's all it is. To that point, I was checking out Nobody Likes Onions, Patrick Melton, and he was talking about this. And he had a very similar take on this. And you're behind the eight ball because we don't even know that they were doing it. We have no proof. At this point, I want to make this clear. We have zero proof that Shuli or Bob, for that matter, or producer Joe or anyone at the Shuli Network other than Chris Abel's was buying or possibly buying views, okay? Let me word it like that. We have no evidence of anything. All right. So Patrick Melton, who doesn't have a, a dog in this race, is saying, look, there's no evidence of any of this. Kevin Brennan's coming out and saying all this stuff, and people are latching onto it because they want it to be true. And what I think is funny is uh, I, I thought Patrick Melton did a great job presenting this. It takes him a long time to get out all of his points, unfortunately. So I'll, I'll... seven-hour show, Carl. He's got to stretch a little bit. It's unfucking believable. Can I? Can I ask? Just the what, to what end? Because what, there's a oh, bar- barrier to entry to monetize, but having a bunch of views is mainly useful to sell ads and they don't have ads right? they do they do have ads. oh do they they oh, do okay. they have sponsors yeah rustic cuts and, and they have yeah, a couple other ones all oh, right you can tell i watch it all the time for that to be a factor the amount of views you would have to buy would be cost prohibitive any advertising True. revenue you brought in by buying that number of views already went out your wallet when you bought the views it's it's ridiculous from a mathematical perspective and from a practical perspective it doesn't get you anything phil that's a great point that's the jerry banfield method Jerry Banfield tried to buy his way into internet success, and he found himself $700,000 in the hole not long after that. I was in marketing, digital marketing, for many, many years. And if this was a model that anyone could employ, we would all do it. Just buy views and sell advertising against fake views? Great! It's adjacent to paid traffic, which you understand if you did internet marketing. But paid traffic only works if the amount of money you're paying 
re- results in more income than what you paid to get the traffic. And then you have to weigh, was it worth it? Precisely. Precisely. What is so hard to see here? Chris Abel's bought views to try and press Shuley. It's obvious. Well, yeah. so oh, there, is a, there is a perception side of this, Tukey. We are going to get into that because you're right. There is a reason to buy views if you want people to perceive your show as being bigger than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Now, people don't know this, but Tukey has an MBA. <laughs> Tukey's a very smart puppet. That's for sure. Hope that means mild brain aneurysm. <laughs> so, or massive. Sorry, I, massive. I love, I love uh, Patty's take on, on this here. Travel this. I'm trying to put it together. Uh, uh, let me make this very clear. This is dumb. <laughs> This is gay and this is dumb. <laughs> None of this matters. At the at the epicenter of this, the most serious thing is Shuli and his entire team were buying uh views for their channel. Like that, that could be the most serious this could be. I, I'm not saying they did. I'm saying at its most serious, if 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 everybody's guilty of everything they've been charged with, Shuli bought views for the network. Okay, and that amounts to dog dog shit. That's nothing. Who cares? Who cares? Fake it till you make it. Troll Kevin with viewers. Whatever. That's the most egregious thing we're talking about here. Okay, so literally on the scale scale of seriousness and how how non gay this is, it's a two. It's a two. So, okay, Howard Stern doesn't even want to watch this. That's how gay this is. <laughs> Can't even get his erection. He's Flapping his taffy around to it. So now Patrick Melton used to be on Mizzou's company every Monday. And then after Atlantic City, he tapped out. He's like, I'm good with this show. But he's a fan of Kevin Brennan, as am I. I've said this many times. I think Kevin Brennan's very funny. I don't know if I'll ever be back on MLC again, but I enjoy him. He doesn't like me anymore. But uh, I did like this take. I think I thought this was pretty funny. This is gay. This is all very, 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 very gay. Brennan said they could get shut down for a terms of service violation. Why risk it? Brennan's an idiot. Brennan doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Brennan also thinks uh, I'm I'm interested in suing Butch Bradley for for him saying I moved here. Brennan's out of it as fuck. Brennan has no idea what's going on. Nobody's suing Butch Bradley for that. <laughs> So Brennan thinks Brennan thinks he's at a 10 or 11 on understanding what's going on. And Brennan's actually at like a two. Brennan doesn't know shit. <laughs> that is a good point. Brennan is kind of out of it when it comes to all of this shit. And, you know, I like, Bye, talking to a, Brennan. I like talking to a guy like you, Phil, because you're able to very quickly understand that the model doesn't make sense. So none of right. this makes sense to, to do this. Well, it all makes perfect sense when you realize it's just a smear campaign. Okay. Uh, now, it's a smear campaign that John wasn't smart enough to come up with on his own, but now he's repeating it. Right. So getting back to the point that you were making, I think, Andy, or somebody was making, a caller calls in and says, well, maybe why they're doing this is because they're always talking about going on a tour and doing live shows. And if their numbers are higher, they can get uh, a better rate when they go to a comedy club or wh- wherever they're going to... Uh, do a live show. I'd counter that with, look, when when I do, look, people want me to do Onion Con. They want me to throw an event here in Vegas. I'm considering it. We're thinking about it. But the problem is, you know, I don't think I have enough fans to do an event that'll draw 200 people out here to Vegas. I don't know. May, maybe maybe we will. And look, maybe if I team up with Shuli or with Kevin or with Bob or with 
uh, WATP or, you know, whoever. Maybe if we all get together and throw one big event, you know, it'll be great. And we will draw, uh, you know, decent numbers. But it's those kinds of things are so hard to anticipate and guess. And I definitely know this from touring in L.O. back in the day. I mean, I've done shows within L.O., uh, Europe, or around the world. Um, uh, when When my podcast was very, very, very big back in the day. And... Even if you're get, you know you're approaching a hundred thousand uh, listeners worldwide, getting them to all convene in one location for a show, it's tough. Right. You're going to get a hundred, two hundred people. Like it's not. Well, that's my point. So, so look though, but I, what I'm saying is, you get a door deal. Like any any of us, if I book out a comedy club and I'm going to book a venue or something like that, I want a door deal. I'm going to sell the tickets and I get all the money from it. The club's going to get the bar. That's going to be the deal anywhere I go. That would be the deal. So. It's shooting your own self in the foot to inflate your numbers. You're only you're not fooling anybody but you. You need to sell the tickets. You need to get the money. You need you have a door deal. So I don't think I, look, I understand well, that the, the broad question? reason the broad reason you would do it is perception, right? For for whatever the reason, you want someone somewhere, you you want them to think you're more popular than you are. We can agree on that. So, he's exactly right about this. I've done a number of live shows now and Yes, having an audience gets the venue booked, so we've been able to play like the Magic Bag or, you know, a couple of different places in Nashville, Chicago, but if we don't sell the tickets, we don't make the money, it's not a good time. Yeah. It's not fun to overpromise and underdeliver. That's not a good way to live your life. No. So pretending you have a big audience when you don't is not going to last very long. It's not a, it's not a good play. The, the same, there'd be a lot of echoes in the room. Yeah. What's your point? So what is the point of buying the views then? I mean, there isn't one. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Correct. Why is it even an option? It would be like if I accused Carl of hoarding vanilla ice cream. I know he's got a freezer full, that son of a bitch. It doesn't make any sense. Because you want people to believe there are more than 12 people listening to you, like Chad's football show today. 12 people, Chad! There were 12 people watching your stupid football show! Wow! To be fair, he is talking about a niche topic that nobody really pays attention (laughs) to. There's only only 100 million people watching football every week in America, so who would want to watch that? There's the National Oil Can Alliance, and then there's... You know, the, rep- the ambassador from Kumia country. Mm. No one's looking for Chad and Mazer and two other nobody's opinions on the week in football. This is shocking to Tuki. I, I do enjoy the sheer hatred he brings to Steel Toe, though. It's, that's moderately amusing. You appreciate uh, what uh, Zumok's doing with that, the Z-Man? Yeah. Uh, and actually, coincidentally, I watched a video just last night from Melton that was like 45 minutes of him analyzing... Uh, Aaron Imholt fighting with his wife on air, uh-huh. and it was I could not turn away. <laughs> oh, there's there's one guy who's an expert on steel toe. It's definitely nobody likes onions. Yeah. He's spent a lot of time studying that. So one more clip that I want to play from uh, Fatty Patty here, where he's precisely right about this. He's talking about Kevin Brennan and how Kevin Brennan changes his tune on how good somebody is based on whether he likes them at that time. Or not. And the same goes for Kevin. You know, Kevin watches my show making fun of Shuli. And he's like, you know, Melton's smart. Melton makes a lot of sense. Melton's really good at this. Melton breaks it down like nobody else. Yeah, when I when I say the same thing about you, it's like Melton's mental. Melton thinks he Melton thinks he knows what's going on. He's a fucking idiot. It's like, well, fucking pick and choose. <laughs> 
I'm a genius all the time, and I'm rarely wrong. JK, JK, I'm an idiot. Get out of here. This is what I've been saying about myself. Like, Kevin Brennan's like, this Carl guy, is, he could be a lawyer. He makes great arguments. He's really good. And then as soon as I yelled at him for fucking up my Stuttering John interview, Carl fucking sucks. He's no good at this. Who would watch this show? Carl's a fucking idiot. Right. There are two camps in the Dabbleverse. There are people who are willing to give credit where credit is due. And then there are people who will withdraw that credit when they're angry at you. You know, and John and Kevin fall into that latter camp where, you know, one day you're my bestest friend and I'll never, ever, ever turn on you. And the next day you had a guest on I don't like. It's now war. You've crossed the line. But that's so I don't understand the audience that follows along with that, because I want there to be some reality. If someone's telling me they think Patrick Melton's funny or they like someone else's show. And then as soon as they do something they don't like and they go, no, they suck. I never liked them. I can't watch that show anymore. I'm like, oh, so you're just lying to me. You're just trying to push an agenda that's all about you. And then, all right, then I'm I'm out. Yeah. What's the point of this? Not so, everybody has a long memory. There's a lot of people in the audience that are basically goldfish. Well, and and Miserable Company also takes all the shows down immediately. So it's harder to find the archives of Kevin saying the exact opposite of what he's saying on the show. That's good for a gaslighter. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That is good for gaslighting, actually. All right. Well, did we discuss this enough? I think we broke this down, right? The whole buying views gate it's stupid yeah i think so okay i think we know in summation i think you're just as guilty though carl it's gay and stupid i'm (laughs) what i've learned i'm I'm guilty of what there uh kind of well okay so some some people might pay a company to get views and listens but you go and make a good show and attract (laughs) your audience come on yeah you're right somewhere backstage i don't like this new relationship we have Never mind. You yeah. suck. It's real yeah, try so, Somewhere backstage, you've got a squash with antenna and a pile of cake with googly eyes that's going to condemn you. <laughs> well, Phil, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. And um, I don't know. You guys didn't seem too excited about it, but I might try to do this roundtable thing. If we get some people <laughs> on board with that, I think that could be a, an interesting uh, program. But I'd like to hear more from Phil. I know. Well, you should definitely check out Phil's channel. And Phil has Surviving the News on youtube and uh definitely check that out where else can people find you phil uh well i have another channel called uh, the martial arts podcast with phil elmore uh, because it wasn't you know long and unwieldy enough when i originally thought it up uh and also i have books on amazon so you can look up phil elmore on amazon and find all kinds of books excellent well don't be a stranger let's do it again sometime soon phil definitely excellent thank you very much for coming nice on to meet you, phil. thanks everybody see ya he does a very good job of uh articulating yeah it's fascinating stuttering john he really is i mean that's the thing about i remember that issue when brian johnson wanted to talk about shuley and like you don't even know shuley it's like well no if you're on the internet for or just broadcasting for hours and hours on end you learn something about people like people know stuttering john at this point he's an open book i thought i did but that point about him he's getting last but he's not getting the adoration Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, when you're young and you want to have that fucking balls-out party, yeah, everyone's just going to drink your beer. Right. They're not there because they like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you call them the next day, yeah. they don't give a fuck about you. Yeah, like the party's who? over. Who are you? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Now, a big thing happened in our world this week, and that is our review girl, Annie, as well as Dylan from somewhere showed up on 
a very big show. Hi, Annie. Hey, everyone. Good to Hello. see you. Hello, Annie. <laughs> Tuggy's excited. Jesus, Tuggy. Yay, my girlfriend Annie is here. I don't know if it's consensual, to be honest <laughs> with you. She, jealous. Shut up. She has not shown the same kind of enthusiasm that you have. Hey, just because I'm low-key doesn't mean oh. I don't have feelings. Oh, well, then my fault. Let me get out of your guy's way, then. I apologize. <laughs> just that. leave these two alone. <laughs> we won't right. be naming the players born after Carl. So this is this is very exciting. Our boy Harrison Young had a uh, a big show. everyone and welcome to topic time with harrison young welcome to topic time with harrison young um i have an amazing interview today i have two people in different parts of the country one i'm not even sure where he is he likes it that way um got a young man named dylan down on the, on the bottom of the uh, screen and then up up the left on my uh, to the left of me is this is great so i forgot how much i love this i know he's the, he's the best so he's, he's looking down at his screen he's looking at annie and he starts giving annie instructions no, no one else can see this he starts giving annie instructions on how to center herself on the screen. Amazing interview today. I have two people in different parts of the country. One, I'm not even sure where he is. He likes it that way. Um, got a young man named Dylan down on the, the bottom of the uh, screen, and then up, up the left on my uh, to the left of me is Anna. She's in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, she can see the ash from where she's sitting if she turns around, but hopefully she'll face me during the entire interview, so she won't. You know, so she can look at the ash later. Uh, Anna, do me a favor. Can you pull your chair back a little bit? The top of your head is kind of cut off. There you go. All right. Not really sure what they do, but uh, but they look very official, and I know that they referred to me by Mr. Kyle Hamburger and his uh, great staff of WATP podcasters. But before we get to them, uh, they're out of Rochester, New York, by the way. Got to read these incredible underwriters, and then we will commence per usual. So he's the best, isn't he? I don't know what any of these people do. I don't know why they're out here, but I don't know. They reached out to me. This interview was actually set up by the Dabble Storian and Dela. Oh. Dela was supposed to be on the show, but Dela was unable to make it because uh, they were having issues with Zoom. Gotcha. Yeah, the Dabble Storian was just on Stuttering John's show this week. More mm-hmm. stuff that I, I was I was checking it out, but it's just too much to. To get that into, guy gets I mean, around. He does. He's That's why we need it. the round table. So I just, I, I know. Thank you, Andy. Someone's on board with this idea. <laughs> it's so funny that he starts off by telling Annie where to sit, how to sit, all this kind of stuff. I mean, this guy's hosting a show. He's also producing it, directing it. This guy does it all. He's wearing a lot of different hats and toupees in order to pull this, <laughs> this show off. Well, he looks like a puppet. He looks like a <laughs> dead marionette. <laughs> Exactly. He looks like the grandfather from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Good point. Uh, Obviously, you can't see it because it was behind the scenes and it was before uh, it was recorded. But Harrison Young like completely switched on as soon as uh, he told his producer to like set the theme music. He was sitting there. He was angry a little bit because the show was starting a little late and he doesn't really like doing it over Zoom as much. You could tell he was a little frustrated and kind of annoyed. 
and he also had to get uh like get out of there because it was his mom's birthday so he wanted to go spend time with her still alive Uh, alive? (laughs) apparently both of his parents are alive holy apparently apparently he must be 200 he's probably going to a grave site right yeah. i have to go spend time with my fa- my parents like that's a sad he, he no he specifically said both of his parents are still alive and he's very lucky tukey's not biting i can tell by his facial expression he looks like it might be put a skin suit on a chuck e cheese animatronic yeah. <laughs> it might fun. be who he's playing living room baseball with <laughs> yeah, <you're right>. <laughs> <laughs> bouncing it off his dead mom's head Ooh. all right so let's get into the uh, the beginning of the interview with Annie, our review girl, where he throws out a compliment and it goes in a different direction than I thought it was going to go. I thought this Uh-oh. was uh, this was kind of funny. Okay, all right. Well, tell me a little about yourself. You're uh, you have a very beautiful uh, background there. You have a lot of nice artwork. Uh, what do you-, <laughs> you have a very beautiful background? <laughs> Oof! <laughs> Sorry, Oops. Annie. That was rough. You do? You a podcaster? Uh, sort of. I do have my own show. It's kind of in the beginning stages right now. It's a little rough. Um, I'm having a little bit of issues communicating with my co-host, which I know you have some issues with, at least today. Um, uh, I run a show that mostly talks about video games, which is where a lot of the art comes from behind me. I'm a big gamer, so that's what I do in most of my free time. Sweet. Okay. When you say you're a big gamer, does that mean you play video games? Do you invent them or create them? Or both? I, pl- I play a lot of video games. I, I don't have enough technical know-how to make video games, but if okay. I ever were to go into that field of creating video games, I feel like I would be pretty good at the writing aspect and creating the ideas, the more world-building aspects. Okay. Do you have do you have a bunch of people like that you work with that are that are a little more uh, skilled on the technical end of creating them so that you might if <laughs> if on God willing and I expect it could happen any day you have an idea for a new video game <laughs> they'd be able day. to put it together you know in the blink of an eye for you yeah. and then you know and make it a bestseller. Unfortunately, no. I don't. <laughs> no, Harrison, uh, <laughs> not even close. Refer to the last question. <laughs> Jesus, it's amazing. You're a gamer, so what do you do? Invent video games? No, I I play video games. Yeah. But you could invent a video game right, right. now if you want. What's your to. team like? <laughs> right, he's amazing. <laughs> oh, Annie. I wonder if Harrison's wearing pants. <laughs> that's a good question. You didn't. Well, he's always wearing that same suit. I don't know. That's a good point, though. I don't know if we ever see him from the. The waist down. I did. Mm-hmm. I did when I did a show before the show started. I saw him kind of getting into his chair. I think it was in the other studio that he right he uses for this. Uh, so I did. I did see I, he has legs and he was wearing pants and they match the suit. If he I has remember two correct. different public access channels. Who knew there were even two public access channels in Boston? But he's, there's two different ones that he works. With. I thought you were going to say he has two <laughs> different legs. I, I like that Cardiff has the scoop on the pants. Yeah. Holy shit! I thought Tukey I, I, I was think, on the street. I think I might have screenshots too somewhere. <laughs> guys, guys, I man brought a pink blanket. A new idea. Harrison Young Roundtable, huh? <laughs> Get all the experts in. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. That's all, that's all I'm asking for. That's tremendous. Oh my gosh. I emailed you, producer Chris. Yes. The link to the Casa Bonita yeah. video. Post uh, football on Sunday, me yes. and uh, producer Bree went home and we watched that. You're watching that? Uh, and it is tremendous. <laughs> tremendous. Uh, I love how we, <laughs> Tukey's like, I, I, the place is great. I get diarrhea here all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. 
their food was the worst. I don't know what's going on inside because you have to sign up. And Tuki signed up months ago and still has not gotten uh, gotten an invite. But it had a $40 million upgrade. So you have to imagine the food is somewhat yeah. better. But yes, the food was horrible. I would imagine it's pretty ago. good now. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I don't think the security or whatever the person was when you said you were friends with Matt and Trey believed you. <laughs> no. He immediately yeah. went on the... But they, she was very nice to two. Yeah, it's okay if you wear your mask out there. Yes. I like the... It's because of COVID life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we've all seen this video. Um, Thank you. Now we're going to talk to uh, Dylan. And uh, Harrison really fucks this up in a fantastic way. Okay, yeah. And, all right, that's fine. And uh, all right, Dylan, tell me about yourself. Now you said you're the man from nowhere, and that's cool. Uh, Dylan uh, from somewhere is the I'm moniker sorry, I've said, given I, myself I'm sorry, for now. My bad. You said somewhere. I said nowhere. And I'm thinking <laughs> it's I'm, a similar. Yeah, I'm I know. Two pounds over from somewhere oh, okay. is nowhere. And, but, and then, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm in my wanderer phase right now. So and then, then in the middle was anywhere, right? Yeah, it, it could, could be anywhere. I feel okay. like uh, going somewhere else. I grew up uh, in between D.C. and Baltimore, spent eight years out in Los Angeles where I did a lot of acting, mainly background acting. So you can okay. see me wandering around in your favorite shows. Um, and, yeah, I started uh, live streaming, uh, doing a show in June. And, uh, yeah, been a lot of fun uh, getting back to performing. Okay, you look like you look familiar. What, what shows might I have seen you in? Have you Bible? ever been somewhere? Maybe you saw him there. <laughs> I love that he goes, Where, what shows have I seen you? And he goes, I told you, it's a background acting thing. I'm not starring in shows. Well, we got to congratulate him on winning uh, subreddit surfing uh, producer contest. Did he win? Right, He's in for a oh, long, no, long uh, industrious career ahead of him, right? Uh, That's for Dylan. Bright future. A fun fact on Dylan from somewhere. He did, he did audition for a producer role last Monday. The very next day, I was watching that show Superstore, and I had to DM him. I'm like, were you ever an extra in Superstore? Because there's, I just looked up at the screen, and he's walking across the screen. I'm like, I know that guy. Yeah, that was one of the examples he gives to uh, Harrison yeah. on here. How funny is that? Mm-hmm. Well, celebrities everywhere we look over here. It's unbelievable. Devilverse. Devilverse. Who would have thunk it? Um, I got one more clip from here, because obviously Dylan from somewhere is in his bedroom. I mean, he's not even trying to hide it. But Harrison is is very impressed with his with his setup. Okay, and now just that that room there that you're sitting in—that's a studio, right? I mean, I see you got a mic hanging there, but I, I'm just curious. It looks like I said I thought it looked like a sub shop at first, um, but uh, this is actually my bedroom that I'm uh, broadcasting out of. Oh, what you? I've got. Uh, so yeah, for for now, I just. Set up my bedroom. One of the biggest things that I don't like, like you have a brick wall behind you. It, yeah. it, having a nice background, uh, like Annie has a lot of her gaming stuff. With uh, So I collected 8x10s. Uh, okay. When I lived in Burbank, there was a place that uh, sold them for a buck a piece. And they're uh, stills from uh, movies that would be sent to newspapers for publicity. So that's been my makeshift wallpaper for years. Okay, that's sweet. Um, kind of like what you, you might see in a restaurant with the famous people have, have eaten at, and they have their pictures on the wall, kind of like that. Yeah, but unfortunately, Marty Feldman has not been here. Uh, too late not to yet. get him here. Not yet. Well, okay, well, when the show airs, he'll, he'll definitely be compelled to go there. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> okay. Harrison. <laughs> He's the best. What was your experience like, Anne? Did you enjoy your time with uh, Harrison? 
Yeah, it was wonderful. Like I said, it moved right along. It was pretty quick. Uh, I think it went great. Uh, as soon as it ended, he w- he was quick, wrapped up the show, said mm-hmm. thank you. We did a picture. Uh, he put it out on his Facebook. I guess he does that with a lot of his guests, takes pictures with them. Um, so I, it was it was overall, it was a great experience. And the best part from the experience was being able to uh, actually get to talk with Dylan from somewhere. Afterwards, he reached out to me on Discord, and him and I had a one-on-one. And since his gimmick is uh, his co-host auditions and going around being a co-host, and as I mentioned in that interview with Harrison Young, I was having issues with my co-host, Dylan and I are now rebooting my show, What Is This Game? And we just recorded our uh, episode today. Nice. Tuki, why weren't you invited to be a co-host of this show? I don't know. Are you you jealous of of Dylan from somewhere now? Yes, I am. Who is this Dylan? And why is he broadcasting from a sub shop? That's what he's broadcasting from a sub shop. He sleeps at the sub shop. Well, (laughs) Annie, I want to thank you for not big timing us, even though now you've been on Harrison Young's topic time. It's amazing that you're still feeling like you can still hang with us here on who are these podcasts? I mean, look at you guys. I have to take pity on somebody. Good point. Good, very good point. Watching Young show. <laughs> I don't know. Who in Boston is going on? We have to turn on Harrison Young. Annie and some guy who looks like Jesus is going to be on. <laughs> uh, I mean, speaking of which, if anyone wants to go on Harrison Young, reach out to Dela. Yeah, I'll call you at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot to be so mad at Harrison for calling him so early. Yes. Did I'm he wake up MLC or Harrison Young Did under he wait- protest? Did he wake up your little sister, your baby sister? Is that why you're upset about this? It's all up, bastard. <laughs> okay. All right. I got to get out of here soon because I got to do a show with Dick this evening. So uh, let's get right to it. America's favorite game show. Before I was going to tease this, I forgot. Chrissy Mayer and Tom Myers have been going at it this week for some reason. Tom Myers, mm-hmm. he's okay. so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he really just does not understand life at all. So... He is debuting season four of Todd Myers versus the rest of the world Thursday of this week. And I invited Chrissy to come on. Unfortunately, she's going to awake on Saturday. She can't make it, but uh, Vinny will be here on Saturday. So I'm sure he always loves talking Todd Myers. Oh yeah. So I'm sure we'll get to uh, some of that on there. So that's a, a little pre-tease teaser. All right, let's get into the reason why we're all here. It's time for everyone's favorite game show to catch an alien. Are you ready to play? To catch an alien. We'll get you a nice sweet board position afterwards. Look at the guy who will make you a maid guy. Yeah, look at uh, <coughs> look at the guy who follows him, Stephen Hahn. Peter Dr. Peter McCullough? Is this new? Yep. Jesus Christ, this fucking guy is getting real guests on his show. This is the one he was promoting uh, on his list of of shows he's been on recently. That's what happens when you buy views, I guess. (laughs) Well, yeah. Why do you buy views? Here you go. Here's the answer right here. We'll get you a nice, sweet board position afterwards. Look at the guy. We'll make you a maid guy. Yeah. Look at at the guy who follows him. Stephen Hahn. He works for the venture capital firm for Moderna. Oh, oh they, they, they made him a captain. Yeah. They made him a captain. So, Who got the uh, concierge? There's a recent um, uh, medical public health leader in the UK. 
he he just gets a job with Moderna. The links just, are amazing. Yeah. The links are so, amazing. So Jeremy Farrar, who's at the Wellcome Trust, he's helping Fauci try to squelch the, the lab leak thing. This is all came out in the emails. Yeah. Farrar gets upgraded from the Wellcome Trust. He's the chief scientist at the WHO now. Oh, my God. These guys are all taking care he of each other. Sounds like, like conflicts of interest. They're in the complex. Listen, they're in the complex. This biopharmaceutical complex as well, it is a syndicate, and the money is rolling. You know, the Gates Foundation, they're a big part of the complex. Sick man. They invested a couple million in BioNTech. They got out billions. They're investing in each other, and this money ball continues to roll and get bigger and bigger, and it's so powerful now. By the media, by the influence, keep the athletes quiet, keep everybody quiet, just keep rolling. Suppress anything, everything. There you go. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Now tell me about uh, Disease X, and I don't mean uh, Twitter. Which, that's a whole thing. Oh, do you like this Twitter app? I hate this Twitter thing. Yeah. The whole thing... I keep looking at my phone for Twitter, and I see this black X. Yeah, I go, yeah. it's not Twitter. Oh, yeah, it is. But why... With Elon, I think he's the arm no one's looking at. A hundred percent. Elon, I do. <laughs> I, I, I can't take away all the great things he's done, but I think he's part of it. A hundred percent. I think he's part of the agenda. Because unless you could tell me why he would appoint that Linda as CEO of Twitter, and then suddenly, three days later, Neuralink... Gets to what? The third stage of the FDA finally? So let me get this straight. He pays double for Twitter. Okay? Oh, Elon, Elon, he's going to save the world for free speech. Gets Tucker, private messaging, buy a blue check, dot, dot, everybody comes over, Elon, Elon. Then he makes, of all people, the most vaxxer lady in the planet. World She's, Economic Forum operative. Right. Said Professionally, okay, I say vax to death woman, yeah. censor to death woman, yeah. CEO. Then I tweet a message to somebody, I'm a moron. Calling myself a moron, it gets censored. I can show you the screenshot. No. Lose followers, depending on who I post on there, I could show you. Appoints her three days later, Neuralink is in the final stage of the FDA. Isn't that a little weird? Jesus fucking Christ, Cardiff. Uh, we really yeah, got to nope. get it out of there over there. I, I no, I, I actually did edit. I think I inserted the wrong clip. <laughs> the unedited version. Sorry about that. I've done that. I've done that. It was a sweaty armpit that threw me off. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's a little nervous to be talking to uh, Patrick McCullough, but okay. <laughs> got a very sweaty armpit. All right, isn't that a little weird? Let's go. What did Tommy say next? Here are your choices. Number one, mad as a hater. B, maybe I'm just a cuckoo. Next, this is bonkers. Just bonkers. Four, somebody made someone an offer they couldn't refuse. Lastly, you say X, I say Why? (laughs) (laughs) That's too clever. That's a good one. Catch an alien. That's too clever. All right. I always go first. Um, I like Max, so I'm going B. Maybe I'm cuckoo is what I'm going to say. And I'm going to go to Andy. What do you think? I will go with bonkers. Okay. Bonkers is always a good one. Tukey? I'm also going with maybe I'm cuckoo. Okay. What's the clock? And uh, Ann Knight, what say you? Lastly, uh, X, 
Why? That oh, was hilarious. I hope okay. it's that. I hope it is too. Producer Chris? I also did B. Maybe I'm cuckoo. Okay, we got three people on cuckoo. Mad as a hater would be funny too. All right, let's see. Oh, uh, can I say something? Of course you can. You're a Producer Chris, I was so angry at you playing Who Said It? When you had an opportunity with the last guest to at least give the same guess as Carl and not let him beat you. Not allow, not allow the tie. Oh, it's true. Refuse to play the game properly. You That's true. Yeah, lock his tie. All you had to do is do the, the same thing as me because you had the lead at that time. That's mm-hmm. true. I, I had to be true to myself, though, Cardiff. I, you know, we have a little thing called integrity over here. Integrity. Cardiff, right? Said professionally. Okay, I say vax to death, woman. Yeah. Censor to death, woman. Yeah. CEO. Then I tweet a message to somebody. I'm a moron. Calling myself a moron, it gets censored. I can show you the screenshot. No. Lose followers, depending on who I post on there. I could show you. Appoints her three days later. Neuralink is in the final stage of the FDA. Isn't that a little weird? Maybe I'm just a, a cuckoo. That's- yeah! <laughs> We got, we got some wieners over here. And a big black axe under Cardiff Electric. Cardiff's got the L on this one. I'll get you next time, Hamburger. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done this since I talked to Celery John. <laughs> Taking the L. Now, he's not a conspiracy theorist. This is He's con- actual, a rational yeah. theorist. Rational okay. Thinking. Uh, 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 Rob, you got to pull up this one. That's all for this time. Come back next time to find out if you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs enough <laughs> to catch an alien. Brought to you by You'll Remember the 90s this Friday, 9 p.m. at You'll Remember the 90s and StutteringJohnLive.com. Get your tickets now. <laughs> okay. Then Uranus got hit. Mm-hmm. And it's tilted, which you never hear about. Nope. Then Uranus got hit. Mm-hmm. All right. I, we're pretty close to a point where I'm making games for Tuki Soup and you'll remember the 90s so that I can promote who are these podcasts on there. So, yes, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, watch, <laughs> watch for that, everyone. What have we done today? We've done it all. We talked about choice words with Samantha B, who is wildly unfunny and untalented. We had. Phil Elmore on here from Surviving the News. Before that, we talked about Howard Stern watching trans porn. And uh, by the way, Annie, you saw that section. Any uh, thoughts on Howard's adventures in trans porn? Uh, what the fuck is he saying? I don't think he <laughs> understands a single thing that he is saying. I don't think and so either. I think he's gay and doesn't know it. <laughs> yes. I, oh, he knows it. <laughs> I think he knows it, but he doesn't want anyone else to know it. <laughs> Very Bold good. Route. Very astute point Bald there. Bald and gay. Yes. Uh, three of us were able to catch an alien. Harrison Young had Dylan from somewhere, Dylan from nowhere, Annie from St. Louis. A very exciting show. So you know what that means. It's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. The teaser. The teaser. The teaser. The teaser. This is the part of the show we play a clip from the podcast that we'll be reviewing on the next episode. And I'm happy to report, as I mentioned, Vinnie Paulino will be over here. We're also going to have Lucy Tightbox in studio. It's going to be a jam-packed studio. 
It's been a long time since we had four of us. will be here. <laughs> four of us Hey-oh. in the studio, and we'll be checking this show out. Hi, and welcome to the podcast, The Other Woman and the Wife, where we discuss why infidelity exists and what we can learn from it. In this episode, we're going to be discovering why forgiveness is important and how to forgive yourself. This was a pretty uncomfortable episode for me to record as Kevin left me hanging. I hope that my discomfort inspires you to become a little bit more uncomfortable with an exercise that will result in your progression. And without further ado, here is the episode. This is a show called The Other Woman and the Wife. This is from Jack who says, this woman is a person who cheated and for some reason she figures she needs to have a podcast about how to forgive yourself about that. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very Is easy. Kaya going to be on that episode? It sounds perfect for him. Oh, we sh- I, I haven't reached out to Kaya in a minute. I should definitely do that. So I want to thank uh, Cardiff for popping on as always. You're welcome. Cardiff is on Yo Remember the 90s and, of course, the Cardiff Electric YouTube channel. And every other show. And every show you ever watch. I've been backing off a little bit. I'm slowing down in my in my old age. <laughs> yeah, you're, the baby potatoes are going, where's dad? A little too much. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Why don't you take care of us? <laughs> Callback. Uh, Andy from the All Apologies podcast. Yes. What are you and uh, Joey Sixpack up to over there? Yeah, this week we talked about the incredible mayor of Toronto, Rob, Rob Ford. Ford. Yeah, and, uh, one, of the, one of the good politicians. Yeah. I don't know really like politicians. <laughs> he He's one of the good ones. It's so fucking hilarious. And then uh, the very hateable Jackson Mahomes, brother mm. of Patrick Mahomes. Mm. He's a very big dildo and sex offender, apparently. Who, what show was I on? Because I can't even keep it straight anymore. <laughs> Observe and report Andy yeah. over there. Someone was saying between Jackson Mahomes and now Taylor Swift going to these Chiefs games, everyone's going to hate the Chiefs. I'm like, I'm way ahead of you on that. Yeah, I've right. been hating the Chiefs for a while. <laughs> keep bouncing the bills out of the playoffs. Unless it's in a parlay. But. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, it's fine. It's like the cover. So that's okay. But All right. That's very cool. Yeah. Check out All Apologies, please. Wherever you get podcasts, All Apologies podcast, subscribe so that every new episode just shows up in your player. And you can listen whenever you prefer. Tukey, I know that you're at TukeySoup.com. Yes, it's fantastic. Thank you for remembering that, Carl. You're welcome, buddy. I'm proud of you. You know I'm a big Tukey fan. I'm a Tukey guy, as as Patrick Melton says. Yes, yes. uh, There are lots of Tukey guys and Tukey women. Tukey is very humbled by all this. It's crazy. A lot of people like Tukey. I've noticed that. Nobody cares about Al Haribla. People love Tukey, including Review Girl Annie. Oh, fantastic. That's for, that's very exciting. Look at those two love, looking at each other with love in their eyes. <laughs> um, and then uh, anything else you want to promote, Tukey? Uh, no. You, well, uh, on iTunes, you can type in Tukey Soup or be dabbling live if you want the audio version of all this crap. Mm-hmm. And you are on live every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time with yes. uh, be dabbling live, right? Yes, and we'll have Dr. Steve this uh, Saturday, and he will take uh, some calls. If anyone has questions, Dr. Steve has a lot he wants to talk about. He wants to talk about John's IQ challenge with Hack Ride and Blind Mike and uh, a bunch of other things. But get your questions ready and call in and talk to Dr. Steve. Speaking of which, I'm doing Who Are These Socials tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern, as we always do on this very channel, the Who Are These Podcast YouTube channel. And my guest host, because Blind Mike's in Vegas... For Skankfest, will be Hack Ride. 
Oh. I will be doing the show with the demon himself. That's awesome. I did enjoy the Army of Cowards uh, Saturday morning stream. That was yes. a lot of fun. I agree. It was very good. Hack rides. Hilarious. He was great. Yes. He was very mm-hmm. good. And uh, Annie, you're doing a new show now with Dylan from somewhere. Yep. You can find it on YouTube at W-I-T-G-S. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. <laughs> Why are you being a dick now? What's going on? He's just jealous because he's not on my show yet. Mm-mm. Well, maybe you can guest. Work your way in. Yeah, like Dylan's working his way in. I'm my lady. <laughs> Dick. I mean, he, he is Polly according to subreddit surfing. So mm-hmm. vote for Dylan. There you go. All right. Normally, I would say, please join us again next time. Blah, 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 blah. But I really have to get the show over with. So, Andy, do you have any uh, reviews? You know, you took longer to say... That normally you would say this. No, because time, I would have done but... this too. Starting in the mush pits of morning But I'm not radio. doing that. I'm not doing that. We got to get so the voice. It's still taking more time than you would All originally. All right. You know what would have took longer is. You're not helping, Potato. <laughs> Annie, any uh, reviews? The first one is from Blobby Digital, September 7th, 2023. Mm-hmm. W-A-T-B. They can't all be winners. Cringe is a weak material. What? We have our own feed, by the way. Uh, maybe you guys saw who are these broadcasters coming in on the Who Are These Podcasts podcast feed. But we now have our own feed. So wherever you get podcasts, look for Who Are These Broadcasters. Please subscribe to that. New episodes come out every Wednesday for that show. Uh, is that a one-star review, Annie? Nope, that's a five-star. Hey, oh, all right, I'll all take right. it. Very good. I Follow got one more. Yes. From Chan Manius. 22 on september 8th 2023 one too many is anyone listening to watb i tried and it failed me too many pods of the same format carl sometimes less is more wow same format what do you mean all we do is play clips and oh yeah all right got me there i just read your views carl (laughs) is that a one star that one is a one star god damn it can't all be five stars it's gonna be my on my tomb can't all be five stars <laughs> very few are all right let's hit some voicemails real quick this one is going back to talking about double delirium mm-hmm. that improv show oh that wasn't the best holy shit carl that fucking show with the trans people this week was unbearable and then the cringe of the week where she couldn't fucking pronounce the word that i already forgot she can't pronounce that was also <laughs> unbearable simultaneously but then tom myers and relief washed over me in an awesome wave. Thank you. Uh, the show is a roller coaster, my friend. That is certainly true. Yeah, when Tom Myers is the palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah. Thank God Tom Myers is here. Said no one ever. Father Andy, can you lead us in the mocking? Let us talk shit. Andy is starting his own religion here. Yes. WTP already has followers. Very exciting stuff. Hi, Carl. Andy in San Francisco. Seriously, man, I've been sleeping on uh, the blind mic. Uh, What's it? uh, Why why Are You Laughing? Pretty fucking good show. And I don't even care about comedians or comedy. Uh, A lot of the names on the titles, I don't even know who they belong to. Um, But, uh, yeah, listeners, if you've been sleeping on the the freaking blind mic uh, comedian why are you laughing podcast is pretty cool. Agreed. I, this is totally not a, uh, a forced endos- endorsement. Uh, Blind Mike is 
pointing a gun at me. Well, technically, he's not. He's kind of pointing it in the general direction of me. He's not very good at aiming. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, Carl, you're getting cucked on your voicemail, you fuck-tooth cuck. What? You fucker. Huh? I don't know where I'm going with this, dude. I just got <laughs> off like a 12-hour shift. I, I think I'm hallucinating right now. All right, goodbye. Uh, out. Rock and roller. Yeah, I hope that doesn't catch on. Let's start with the rock and roller stuff. Yeah, I did. I've been discovering why you're laughing. I checked out your Mitch Hedberg one, mm-hmm. and I was listening to an old one with uh, where they were talking about the Mencia Rogan. Yeah, blow up. I yeah, watched yeah. that one too. It's just, I mean, if you like stand up, this guy doesn't, but I do. And yeah, it's a good show. Uh, it's if you like it, it's good. Definitely worth uh, checking out. So um, Ozzy Osbourne, we've been talking about him a little bit lately because he's podcasting. He called into the show. Or maybe it's Husey. It's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, right. Carl, it's Ozzy. Ozzy Osbourne. This is, this is how I talk. Uh, I, I was listening to uh, about Colin Congress, the, the podcast. Your podcast, my I podcast. Yeah, my podcast, your podcast. But, uh, Definitely Husey. Uh, you know, it was funny, you know, for my, 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 uh, Kelly, my daughter Kelly, remind me, Kelly, she's a cunt. Whoa. <laughs> uh, call me back. Ozzy. Okay. I guess it was Ozzy. I don't think Husey has a daughter that he calls the C word. I could be wrong. No. Uh, Not named Kelly. Stuttery John calling into the show. Hmm. This is interesting. Hello, Carl. This is John Melendez. That's right. That what? John Melendez. And this is how I really talk. Oh. As you can no doubt tell, your supposition was accurate. The jig is up. It's time that I demonstrate to you all that the character of stuttering John Melendez has all been an elaborate ruse. And now the egg is all over your face. (laughs) I suggest you now seek legal representation, as I shall be suing you for years of libel and slander. You will be hearing from my attorney. All the best. I knew it! I told you guys. George Takai playing Dracula? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking of uh, John Lovitz would be oh, okay. great to play Centering John in the movie version of the Devil Verse. <laughs> Devil Verse the movie. Acting. At the end. Acting! <laughs> <laughs> All right. E-Rock, who uh, missed our show, blew me off. Check it in here. Hey, Carl! I'm sorry I couldn't come on the show the other day, but I'm just too fat to reach the keyboard. Dude, that's not funny. Poor Iraq. Poor Iraq. That's not funny about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, This one's for you, producer Chris. Uh oh. Producer Chris, it's Dustin from Cedar Rapids. Hey, buddy. Hey, I just wanted to express my gratitude for playing the baby shark bit while you're waiting for E-Rock on the last live stream. I had my two-year-old in the truck, and he wouldn't shut the hell up until I turned the podcast off and played the song six times in a row. 
Seriously, thank you. It ended up being a win-win for the both of us. Yeah. Anyhow, love you, miss you. Don't call you. Don't call me back. All right, we won't. No it's fine. <laughs> no problem about that. All right. Hey, I'm still catching up. But having just listened to the live show, hey John, how about this, Carl Sheberger? Huh? <laughs> Try that. All right. Have fun opening for Shuli or Kumia and Rockchester, you fucking retard. <laughs> wow, sick bird. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. What about Carla Sheberger? Yeah, we're talking. Ooh, double whammy on that one. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, Centering John, he wrote that really fantastic song about my buddy Alex Stein. And uh, a voicemailer wrote a song about Stuttering John. It's similar, I would say. So, yeah, I was just kind of catching up on some uh, WATP and shit like that. And I decided to write a little song about. Old All right, let's hear it. John's a dick and yes, we know it. Brendan! John's a dick and then, yes, we know it. Brendan! John's a dick and then, yes, we know it. Brendan! Yeah, I wrote that one all by myself. I'm pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later. Yeah, good stuff. Very impressive. A lot of talented listeners we have over here. Mm-hmm. Neil Hamburger, my brother. You guys all know Neil Hamburger. Mm-hmm. Calling into the show. Carl, it's your cousin, Neil cousin, cousin Hamburger. Hamburger. <laughs> Listen, I got a joke I want to run by you, buddy, if you don't mind. <clears throat> what do you call the Chicago... <laughs> The Cubs are choking. They better fucking not miss the playoffs. It's very annoying what's happening right now. I'm not happy with what's going on right now. There's a lot of teams getting hot. The Cubs are not one of them. What is there, a week week to go? No, not even a week to go. Kurt, if you're paying attention to this. Hmm? I am. That's what was happening in that call? The, the ALEs can suck my ass. <laughs> my potato ass. I think Carter was back to editing something. Yeah. He's just like staring uh, very closely at stuff. Okay. Last uh, voicemail. Hey, Carl. Gary in San Diego. Well, when John went into a Pickwick pub on Sunday, he was very excited. <clears throat> he was absolutely almost giddy. He was telling everybody there, or at least anybody that would listen, that the writer's strike was going to be over, and he's got a real shot of becoming a writer on an established sitcom or on a talk show. So he was uh, really excited. He's hoping to parlay this into uh, real money where he wouldn't have to deal with the trolls. He kept talking about no more trolls for me. Anyway, that's all I know. I wish I had more information for you, but uh, I got the information from an unimpeachable source. Anyway, I'll keep you posted if I hear anything specific. So rock, rock and, and roll. roll. All right. Thank you, Gary. It's San Diego. He's checking in with uh, the latest breaking news you only hear here on WATP and no longer on the Cardiff Electric Podcast. Only here. Only here. Do you hear Gary in San Diego. I just got a text from Doug from Who's Right. 
He got a super chat from Hamburger that says, Hot take, the Steel Toe episode is 2023's best WATP episode. Doug says, got to take the wins when I can, I guess. <laughs> Congratulations to both uh, Doug and uh, Brian Johnson for a fantastic job filling in for me when I needed a, a week off. That one week I took off one show. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all. I really appreciate it. Remember, we got a bonus show coming up at 9 p.m. If you're watching this live Dick Show crossover event. We're doing a show called Betrayal. Very interesting show about a woman who was married to a guy who cheated on her. <coughs> oh, no. There's a betrayal. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's pretty good. Sounds like the show you're doing on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's very similar. Uh, all right. Okay. Folks, guess what? This the episode's it. over. Bye. A plane has hit Ivory Watch at Carly. Boom. <laughs> His mom. Boom. Boom. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>